I think he did it. Tell me he didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What a guy. Yes. <laughs> My man. Are you kidding me? Good to be here. Good to be here on a Friday afternoon. I've been looking forward to this all week. It is uh, it is unfortunate that Tim's not here with us this week, but we are uh, we're powering through. We're on a roll. We've uh, well, this is four weeks in a row, right? I believe so. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, back into the swing of things. Tim's down in Florida courting women. Couldn't be bothered to uh, to join us this week. No, I hope you have a good time, Tim. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he actually listens. <laughs> you think he will? I mean, he was listening on the way down, so maybe, uh, yeah, maybe think, he will. I think he actually likes the idea of having a whole episode that he can listen to that's like new. Yeah, because he's like in the previous year, like on nights that he was going to go, he was like, "But you guys can record seriously. You guys should do it." Like he wanted us to, so maybe he'll like it. He's always been pretty cool about it. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, not a jealous bone in the man's body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is one thing that's that is admirable about him. <laughs> His <laughs> yeah. cage really doesn't get rattled much. Better, he just you know? doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, he's. Yeah, there's a lot where he's he's almost got a uh, stoner kind of way mm-hmm. about him, even though yeah. he doesn't do any drugs that yeah. we know of. <laughs> yeah, that we just know. Just kind of like mm, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Uh, how are levels looking over there? I think they're fine. <laughs> I wish I like. I wish we can get Pat or somebody over here to just show me like the basics. You know. Yeah, I'm I re- literally going blind what since it, day one. Whatever you did last week, it really sounded good. Okay. And even listening, uh, so we've been going back through older episodes this week. I think all of us have because Tim was listening to older episodes as well. Yeah. The difference in, in audio quality just of some of those earlier episodes around seven, nine, yeah, and now you can tell an improvement. Cool, good. Yeah, I've been trying to look up different techniques and stuff because you can't really just look up like how to mix vocals or stuff. You got to look up like podcasts and conversations specifically, and then the limiters and compressors and stuff that I have to throw on there. I'm still learning about limiters. And how they work. Um, so, have you found that to be one of those topics that you look up on YouTube and there's never a straightforward a nice, answer, succinct video kind of explaining exactly what you're looking for? Yeah, and exactly. you're not even. I mean, this is not some esoteric, strange, unusual thing you're looking at. I right? Mean, how many people are dicking around with podcasts or? trying to record at home, and they just need basic audio help. Right. Dude, everyone's trying to sell you their Patreon course (laughs) or trying to sell a product that they're sponsored by. Yeah. And it doesn't take 10 minutes. It's like, folks, just give me the basic principles of how to mix audio well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm taking the mics off. I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get in my corner. I don't see volume changing. 
too much. Yeah, that's what I was, we were saying <laughs> earlier. I don't think we're going to need any sort of limiters and preventing peaks and whatnot. It's going to be pretty. I think a pretty relaxed episode. That's one area that we are going to miss Tim on yeah. is uh, kind of those loud, loud audio spikes. Yeah, this may <laughs> not be a very entertaining podcast now that I think about it. Mm. Might just be uh, a shoot in the breeze. Debatable, but I've got high hopes. Oh, okay. Hey, man, thanks for picking up the Oktoberfest. You're welcome. You know you didn't have to pay me. I'm going to send that money back. Mm, you better not. We'll see. You better not. Let me get Let me get right here. Now, did I offend you when I corrected your spelling of Don earlier? No, I, I <laughs> never knew there was a, a different way to spell that. Uh, D-O-N is how it's spelled. I didn't know that. So, no, I'm... I'm never offended when I get corrected because I need to be corrected a lot. Jesse and I are currently wearing Overwatch League jerseys that we bought many, many, many moons ago. Yeah. I've got the Atlanta Rain one on, which we were supposed to go to an Atlanta Rain live match Yeah. in April of 2020. And, of course, we all know what happened in March of 2020. Yeah. So, obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> I cannot get this microphone right, dude. The man's having problems. Like, why is this so complicated? It's wild. Wild. All right. I've never had this many issues before trying to get a mic going. But Jesse texted me earlier today and because you actually bought me a Dallas Fuel jersey. Yeah, for uh, Christmas 20, maybe 2019, 28, or was it? It had to be earlier than that. I think it was It was early that. in our playing days. We were really hot on the game at that point. Yeah, I bet I can even look back and find out. But I've misplaced that jersey at home, though. It is folded up in a storage bin somewhere. Waterproof? So, nope, it's not not the waterproof. I've only got the one waterproof, man. No, you can throw it in there. Though. I bought it's game related. I bought at least six storage bins in the last month. Yeah, I can't afford for all of those to be <laughs> waterproof. <laughs> I was watching a uh, YouTube video of a guy buying out like a game collection, and he kind of he'll do like Facebook Marketplace stuff where you'll meet you meet the, per, the person on the road and the guy opens his trunk and he had the exact waterproof tub that you had and i almost sent you a screenshot of it and i didn't that's a man concerned with protection yeah yeah he's he going wants all to out. ensure his assets mm-hmm. yeah thought i was funny <laughs> but jesse texted me and said that since i couldn't find my dallas fuel jersey that he would let me wear one of his jerseys mm. and the phrasing he used was uh what? Like you can... I'll let you don it or something like that? You can don it this evening or something. Yeah, something like that. But the man spelled it dawn like the dawn of the morning, the A-W-N. So I had to correct him. I never knew. Now I know. <laughs> See, I'm better for it. Pat understands because I feel like he he wouldn't let an unspelled word go by without correction. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The man's militant about his punctuation, too. Yeah. He... I never, I don't know if you notice this about me, I never put a period at the end of my text messages. Ever. And he always does. He always is such perfect, I don't know if you call it grammar or just punctuation. I used to be better about it. You definitely have made me worse, where I just don't care about it as much anymore. But yeah. What did I do? My two go-tos now, I'll either use a dash to like separate thoughts, Mm -hmm. or I'll just hit enter and start a new line instead yeah. of putting a period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I got to hit enter anyway, so Do you why? do that because of me, though? I'm going to blame you. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I don't, 
I don't know of anyone that I talk to regularly that uses perfect punctuation except for Pat. You mean in text? In text form, yeah. Mm, like last yeah. night, he responded to something I said. His response was, yeah, and he ended it with a period. <laughs> Still. Yeah, period. It's just an extra click that you don't need, you know? Yeah. I'll tell you who's out of control with punctuation is Siri. Really? What what happened? Have you tried to send a voice, like have heard? I've experienced every negative thing about voice to text or whatever. Oh, yeah. every Everything. Because that's what I do all day at work. It's almost incredible. It seems like she's getting worse. Yeah. With the passage of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I bet I bet Pat's screaming at the at the podcast right now, saying, "Yeah, exactly," because he was really one of the first to like kind of texted us out of the blue once and was like, "I think Siri's getting worse." Yeah, it is true. I mean, they're creating manufacturing processes to accurately cut anodized titanium down to the nanometer, but Siri can't <laughs> do basic tasks. Yeah, it's incredible, dude. Oh my god! So you probably never experienced this. So I have my my AirPods in at work, listening to music. And if you, so you text me by like, for example, like today, we were texting a lot throughout the day. You'll text me, she'll read it out as I'm listening to music. Okay, so baseline is I'm listening to music. And then it goes, bing, Ashton says, you, send, you say something to me. So then there's, it goes right back to the music and you have about five seconds to say respond. Or reply, and then it gets quiet, and then it says "go ahead." So I will, I'll say respond, and then <laughs> sometimes either you'll text me again, or I'll get a phone call, or just nothing, and she will disconnect my AirPods to my phone. She goes, "Nope, too much. Start over." I have to pull out my phone, turn Bluetooth off and back on, reconnect my AirPods. And then get back into it and then text you back. And by then, I'm just like, it's not even worth it anymore. Right. I'll just talk to him tonight. Yeah. That happens two to three times a day. If more than two things happen to your phone at a time, she, you, your music will start playing through your phone in my pocket. Like, I'll hear it. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? She's just like, nah, do over. Let's mulligan. That is nuts. The thing that's really been annoying me lately with her is when I'm listening to podcasts or music at work mm-hmm. and I get a phone call, which most of the time is some kind of spam call. Yeah. I'll hit one of the buttons on the side of my phone to, because it'll play the ringtone at full volume and I'll click it to like reduce the volume mm-hmm. because my intention is to not answer that call, which is why I'm lowering the volume <laughs> of the ring. Yeah. Once I press that button, she will then come on and say, call from, and then read out the number. Would you like to answer it? No. I hit the button so that I wouldn't hear it. (laughs) I do not want to answer it. (laughs) Oh, no. She sucks, man. She's really bad. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I will literally say out loud, Siri, you suck, or Siri, you a whore, or something. And sometimes she'll pick up she'll like think I'm replying to a text and it'll type that out. I'm like, oh, you get that right, but you can't get what I wanted to say. Or now playing That's Just the Way We Roll by Jonas (laughs) Brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This happens to me sometimes. Uh, 
Oh, what the heck was I just going to say? It's another stupid thing she does. What did I just say about... Were you, I don't know. Before or after you were calling her a whore and stupid and all that? Yeah. I don't know. She you did something it? else dumb. Yeah. We could and be it, here all it night. Literally, it literally happened today. Yeah. It'll it'll come up. It's just one of the many, many things that just drives me freaking nuts <laughs> about... I, did, I mean, I, my, you would be alarmed at how many times I'm talking to Siri just to tell her how horrible she is throughout the day. Like, I'm already, like, stressed at work a little bit, you know? Got a lot going on. And then that happens. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need this, man. She's just not good. Does she ever make you so upset that you want to get violent? Oh, I, yeah. I I hit the wall in my truck all the time because of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that we don't have that urge to damage the phone, you know, even <laughs> though that's where she's coming from. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're just angry at the air. Like, I can't think of a time where... I feel like people were more prone to do that when we have regular flip phones, you know, like throw your phone up against the wall mm-hmm. or whatever, but no one's throwing their no. $1,000 iPhone against the wall now. Have you ever snapped a flip phone in half? No. <sighs> That's a good feeling. I do miss sometimes, even though I don't really make that many phone calls, of finishing a phone call and just flipping, flipping it. it. Yeah, See, there was something satisfying about that. I hope Jake's listening right now because that is the number one reason why Jake, I think, got that Flip Z Fold, whatever it's called, the Galaxy phone. He goes, look what I can do, and then flips it and hangs up on somebody. It's satisfying, but I think it was a really dumb reason to get that phone. But he likes the phone a lot, so I guess it's, it's good. Yeah. But that was... he. Do you remember? I think we talked about it maybe on the podcast. He may have called Tim during an episode. He called Tim and was like, hey, look what I can do now, and then hung up. <laughs> and then called him back, and he goes, I just flipped my phone shut and hung up on you. <laughs> he did that, one of, one of those things. It was freaking genius, man. It was funny. Jake's had a couple of times he's called us. There was one time, didn't Jasmine need like an apartment code to get in? I was in? listening to that episode recently, <laughs> uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was at the end of the episode. I tried ending the conversation. You guys were like, what? We're still going. <laughs> and then Tim kept getting phone calls and he would flip it up and flip it down and he goes, I'm just not going to look at it. And it kept calling and it kept looking at it and it was Jasmine trying to get in their apartment complex and then Jake called him. Then Tim just up and leaves the room when we're recording and then me and you talk for five minutes. I think he just like left or something. He never came back. He never came back. So we were like, let's just end it. Yeah, because we wrapped it up and then we were putting the equipment away and then he walks back in and is like, like what happened what yeah so you've been gone for 20 minutes yeah like you ruined the flow yeah I had since we're talking about work Ash let me take a sip real quick get it off your chest Jess okay I have one stupid story to tell you I complain about work a lot right but this is a this is a unique situation. I had this lady that uh, she she's one of those people that during COVID decided to run a boutique out of her home, you know, like converted her garage, the whole thing. Interesting. So she sells clothes. She does not like to schedule pickups. What she wants, because you have to pay for a scheduled pickup at UPS. Right. She tries to, she lives at the front of the neighborhood. She tries to st- flag down the UPS driver or order something every day. And then when you're delivering, she goes, oh, look, but hey, take these 15 packages for me. Does it every time. 
So driving in the neighborhood, I remember it. It's not on a normal route that I do, but I remember her. She's nice, and she's nice and everything, but like at a certain point, it gets annoying. So what she did today blew my freaking mind. I'm leaving the neighborhood without delivering to her. I see her cars there, but I don't see anybody outside. So I pull out of the neighborhood, turn right. I deliver to a cul-de-sac off the main road. Coming out of the cul-de-sac, I see her car leaving that neighborhood. I said, in my head, I was like, there's no way. She's, she's going to follow me to my, to my next stop. That's just what's going to happen. But my next stop is on the main road, four-lane highway. Highway, whatever you want to call it. I stop on the side of the road. She stops right behind me. I see her in my mirror. I turn my truck off. I pretend like I don't see her because I don't want to deal with her. She gets next to me, cuts off two lanes of traffic, honks, on, honks the horn. I'm getting out of the back of the truck with the package. I'm carrying a bike, a huge box. It's a folded uh, bicycle delivered to someone's house. She screams at me, hey, I have packages. I didn't say anything because she's nice. I like her, but it was a really stupid thing to do. So then she, I thought she was going to wait until we got in the neighborhood. You know, my next stop is in a neighborhood. Maybe she knew that she would just wait. She's blocked. So now two lanes of traffic are being blocked. I'm like halfway on the grass and in the lane. She's in the second lane. People are honking. She then pulls in front of me in this person's yard, opens the back of her trunk as I'm walking back to my truck after I delivered and hands me this massive Ikea bag full of small envelopes that I have to scan. 30-something envelopes I have to scan sitting on the side of this this highway. People are whizzing by us, honking the horn. She just was like, oh, thanks. You know, my normal driver usually stops for me. I want to be like, woman, that's not how this works. Not how I operate. I was so freaking furious because I knew the whole thing was going to go down, and it did. Unreal. This was like I had 15 stops left before my day was over. And I'm like, this is, are you seriously like I have to do this right now? And then she makes me scan every single package because she wants a tracking on it, which is normal, but you need to pay for that. So she gets away with it every single every day. Her normal driver, it's a training route, so there's always a new driver. So they don't know any better. Ah. So she's just like, hey, she's found on your way out, if you see my car, stop by. I'm sure I have packages for you. So she said, the first thing she said to me when she stopped me was, I, I'm sorry, I just don't have time to go up to the UPS store today. I was like, you need to factor that into your business hours. Like, that's part of your job. My job is to do my stops and then just go. Yeah. So I don't know if people just don't get it, but like we're on a time frame. Each stop we have, you know, windows that we have to be at. We have pickups, certain stuff. And it's it's just the fact that she doesn't want to pay for a pickup. Yeah. So it was just one of those moments on a Friday where I was like, this is really what I'm dealing with when I'm trying to just get off the clock. Well, luckily I don't see her very much. So I don't have to deal with it a lot. But it's it's just one of those one of those annoying situations. Someone know? that's trying to push it as far as they can. Yeah. As far yeah. as they can get away with. And what's so dumb is that, you know, she or you or both of you could be hit yeah. by someone possibly killed or mm-hmm her and she's doing this just because she doesn't want to pay for a pickup yeah exactly yeah like i would have it made the situation so much worse that she did it there if she would have waited it of course she don't know when my next stop is but na- between neighborhoods there's only two houses and then a neighborhood so she, obviously my next stop probably going to be in a neighborhood she could have just waited but she literally stopped and that's another one of the situations that i always talk about where like people that are driving nowadays only worry about themselves and where they're going yep they have no decency, no common courtesy anymore. It's gone. 
in society. So it's just like, and I see it, that kind of stuff 50 times a day, you know, because I'm on the road all the time. Yeah. It, it really is frustrating. It's one of those situations. Like I, I had a lady stop me a couple of weeks ago. This is actually a positive experience. I'm uh, delivering an envelope and her, this older woman, this woman and then an older woman both come to the door and they're watching a, they're watching a pastor on the TV as they're signing for my package. And she was like, hey, how are you doing today? Like, actually started a conversation with me. And she was like, I was just watching, you know, this pastor talk about how there's no common courtesy anymore in the world. There's no, hey, how are you today? And just like, good to see you. Thank you so much for delivering the package. Mm-hmm. Even if you see people on the side of the road, hey, how you doing? Like, you have a nod and, you know, nothing. Right. She was like, there's not, there's not really a lot of that anymore. And that's when it, I never heard someone say it before. And ever since she said it, I was like, she's like really right. There's not a lot of like just decent common courtesy anymore. Yeah. So it's a downer moment to start the show, but No, I'm I'm I feel you. It's uh I mean, there are people that are just that way, man. They're they're going to try to push as far as they can mm-hmm. and get away with. Are as a worker, are you obliged to take packages when someone offers those like that or could you say i'm sorry i don't have any room for them so i know a lot of drivers that don't do it no matter what right really? ne- yeah i've never said no because it, it really is a thing of could you say like did you schedule a pickup and if they say no say like i'm sorry i can't do it that's the thing you can say that like a driver that used to deliver to my dad's warehouse used to do that to them they deliver to the warehouse every single day and like once a week they would have one box to ship out like returning printer ink, for example. Businesses do that sometimes. The guy, one of the drivers would just be like, no, you need to schedule that. Mm. Because they're, I mean, in a way, they're following the rules. You need to schedule a pickup. You need to pay for it. It's a service. Right, you need to follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never said no because do I want to get in that confrontation right there? No. Sure, sure. I'm a, I think I'm a nice guy. I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'll grab an envelope for you. People stop me every single day I mean, maybe two to three times a week, let's say. Someone will flag me down or stop me and say, hey, I have a package. I'm on the way to the UPS store. Can I just give it to you? Nine drivers out of 10 will be like, yeah, sure, of course. If there's a label on it and it's sealed, we can take it, no problem. But some drivers, most most of the time they're older drivers, will be like, no. They'll come maybe come up with an excuse. But in reality, you can for sure. So you won't get in trouble if you take a package that hasn't been scheduled for pickup? No. Okay. No. It's really just, I guess, driver-by-driver basis. Mm. But I was never taught that, though. The older drivers told me that. Okay. You don't have to do that. I would never... But, I mean, even that... Naturally, I would never have said no. If there's, like... If they... if they, Okay, I said no once. It was a massive box. It was... The guy was in a truck on mm. the way to the UPS store with an 80-pound box. It was long. But even then, I was like, I genuinely don't have the room... That's something you need to kind of schedule or take to the store. Yeah. But it's nine times out of 10, it's a shoebox, it's an envelope, it's a Amazon bag. Right. It, it takes you eight seconds to grab it, scan it, and throw it on your truck. Okay. So you're really not out of the realm. You can't say no, but I never do. We at work, and I know this because I see the bill every week, we have a schedule pickup every day. And there'll be days that they come and we don't have anything mm-hmm. for them to take, but... yeah. Dude, it's it's super inexpensive. Is it really? Like on a business level. I don't even level, know what it is. It's what like is $14. It? Really? Yeah. 
A week or a day? For the week. Wow. It's thirteen ninety eight. Yeah, that's not a lot. Um and we get a good bit of packages from UPS, so the guy will be dropping off and you know, we'll while he's there grab anything, anything that we have. But yeah. um, that would that would annoy me to no end if especially if I had someone chasing me like that. Yeah. Like, did, that's when it becomes too much. Did you keep like, your composure or did you act like did you pur- purposely act so kind of peeve about it? I didn't I did at first, but then I, immediately I feel bad. Mm. So then it, it kind of Savannah says I do this a lot. Like if I'm the like if I'm on the phone with Savannah and we're talking about something serious, not that we're fighting, but we're talking about something like an issue, I can flip it off right away if I see a customer. So in that moment, in my head, I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This is not right." She does this every single time, but the second she said, "Hey," and she's smiling, she's happy, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw my attitude on her. So I I smile right away. Navarro says the same thing. I talk to Navarro every day on the phone when he's like on the way to work and stuff. And he says, I'll be, me and him will be talking about something annoying, something stupid that's happening. Then the second a customer answers the door, I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Here's your package. Navarro says it every time. Pat says it too. He says, I'm the nicest delivery man alive. Cause I can just, it's, I just flip it on. Cause I don't, I don't want to be one of those people that you're in. If you're having a bad day, it doesn't mean you need to put it on somebody else. Yeah, They didn't do anything to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Even if I'm annoyed with the situation, at the end of the day, they're they're ordering a package. I'm not going to be pissed that I'm delivering their package or doing the pickup. Yeah, I would never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get the uh, your point about just manners and courtesy, though. I, yeah. I was leaving Publix last night. I stopped to get some groceries, and I'm coming out, and you know, Publix is freaking packed, mm-hmm. especially around here. And I'm trying to back out of my space. Man, there's cars that are cutting through the lanes. Yeah, the parking, uh, the parking lanes, driving the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're trying to back out, and they just, you know, fly right on by. Yeah, like folks, what the hell? Like yeah. just chill out. Yeah. Why, why, why can't we follow the arrows on the road? You know, it, when they're behind the wheel, they're thinking about point A to point B. They don't think about anything else. And everyone's so, so impatient. And they really don't have anywhere to go. Like, mm-hmm. No one's really going anywhere important. Mm-hmm. And half of these people, when they get out of the vehicle, they walk like the laziest sacks of crap. <laughs> yeah. But they'll drive like maniacs. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of scary how much we change when we get in these little plastic metal boxes. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, totally. what we're you capable can scream, of. Yeah. You can yell at people in traffic, but if you were face to face with them, you wouldn't. Same thing with like people on the internet. You got you know? Yep. It's Same totally idea. different. It's like you're in this little bubble. Mm-hmm. You can act ways you wouldn't normally. Right. But, uh, no, so that kind of, uh, segue somewhat well into uh, a story I have for you. And I, I want to get, I want to kind of pick your brain and see how you would react in this situation. This has happened to me before too. I might've told, I don't remember if I said this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure I've told you this at some point, but so it's really, I've only seen this in Chick-fil-A and Starbucks, but, and it doesn't happen as much as it used to, but this whole pay it forward uh, thing where like you pay for the person behind you and then they pay for the person behind them. I remember that just, being big when we were in like middle school. Yeah, yeah. On like one hundred four seven, the fish. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I used to hear it all the time from where my mom was listening to that radio station. 
So I'm at Starbucks on Wednesday, Tuesday. And I get up to the window. And I thought, it, I got kind of annoyed because the car was in front of me. It always takes forever to get through Starbucks just because of how crowded it is. And uh, so I see the person in front of me pay and then they get their drink and then I see them scan their phone again. I'm like, like are you two, you kidding me? Are you about maybe? to order more yeah. junk and make me sit here? <laughs> so, of course, I get up to the window and they're like, hey, the person in front of you paid for you. Oh, you don't man. owe anything. Yeah. And uh, so, that's pretty cool. you know, I'm like, all right, uh, that's awesome. My drink's like, I got a grande Americano, so it's $3 and some change. Mm-hmm. I said, cool. Uh, well, let me keep it going, something like that. How, you don't want to do that at Starbucks. What's the total for the person behind me? Yeah. $19 and something. <laughs> so so I asked her, okay, what what drinks did they buy? Or what what's the drink on the order? And it was, it was like two fraps. And then there was food and hmm. this other stuff. Okay, so this has happened to me before where <laughs> it was like multiple times more than what my drink was and I did it. So if you're in, put yourself in my shoes on Tuesday, you get told this, what do you do? Do you pay the whole thing? Do you partially pay it? Or do you just say no? Hmm. So it's never happened to me. I would like to think I would... Just do it. It depends. If it's like payday, you maybe. would do the whole tw- basically twenty bucks. So like you were originally going to spend three dollars and fifty cents, mm. and you leave spending twenty. The, I don't know. It depends on how embarrassed I feel in that moment. If I'm like, ah, never mind. What'd you do? And you, so you could look at it like, well, you got the three fifty for free, so you're really only coming out of pocket sixteen fifty. So yeah. you end up losing $16 in the deal. Do you do it? Oh, that's tough, man. It really, genuinely, it does depend on if it's like payday. And I'm going to sound like a cranky ass, but the car behind me was one of those cars where the Starbucks drive through always lines up to where the line stop, the car in front of you stops or does their order mm. and then they pull forward and there's like just enough room where you can't get to the box. So you have to sit there and wait mm-hmm. for the traffic to move. So I I do my order and pull forward like as f- close as I possibly can comfortably yeah. to the car in front of me. And this car behind me, there's, there's no way they can hit the window. I literally cannot. <laughs> they could see the dirt on my bumper, really? on my rear bumper. Like, that's really? how close they are. So I got annoyed at that. Mm-hmm. So factor that into your decision-making. What kind of car were they driving? It was some kind of just mid-2000s to- like mid uh, teens SUV. Not anything to gawk at? No. Yeah, I probably wouldn't then. I don't know. I like to think that I would just be like, okay, yeah, cool. What? Okay, so you haven't told me what you did yet. It's interesting. You did it. You did it. You're too nice of a guy. I was going to ask you, what do you think I'd? What do you think I, th- I did? Mm, but then also, you're very money conscious. I think you did it. 
Tell me you didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, you did. What a guy. Yes. <laughs> My man. <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, never mind. She said, she told me that there were two fraps and then whatever panini or mm. whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's more than I can do. There you and go. And she had handed me the drink at that point. I was like, all right, have a good you one. sped off. And, and pulled off. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you quit by the time I come back next time. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did, I did feel kind of bad because I pulled off and I'm like, I didn't have to pay anything, you know? Well, you look but, at it as you get a free beverage. Yeah. I don't see that's what I don't like about that and I think I've even heard a, a comic have a joke about that once like it almost turns in, turns into like a karma thing or like uh, if you don't do it you look like it like a jerk but someone's got to end it at some point so it was just short-lived that's all yeah I mean I could I guess I could look at it as someone just doing something nice for me you also could look at it as I bet the person in front of you asked the same question as you did how much is their drink behind them yeah if it, I bet she was just like, it's only three bucks. Let me just do something nice today. Yeah. I bet if it was anything over six, she would have been like, eh. Yeah. So look at it that way. You just got a free beverage. I that that's happened to me before, and I did like pay mm-hmm. the money, and afterwards I remember not necessarily feeling good about it. It was kind of like that. Kind of sucks, you know. Why does it suck? Because you paid that more, I you originally was going in there thinking I was going to spend four dollars and I ended up spending yeah. twenty dollars. Oh, you did it once before at that yes, level. Yes, this has happened to me before. Okay, yeah, because you get a basic coffee in there. You're not spending more than five dollars ever. Yeah, and like I didn't eat. I didn't eat out at lunch, so I'm thinking like I ate soup for lunch. I'm going to use that money to part of what I would have spent on lunch to yeah. get a coffee. Yeah. You know, so I I don't want to pay for two lunches. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from there. It's never happened to me, ironically, so I don't know how I would react I was, in that moment. I was a bit worried that, you know, as a day or two went by that I would feel bad about it, but I'm here to say... You feel pretty I, good, I really don't, don't feel bad about it. Cheers to that, <laughs> I'm man. Kind of, I'm kind of glad I didn't Cheers. spend 20 bucks. <laughs> Especially on some ass that was just eating the rear end of my car. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man, people are so impatient. but I'm um, surprised I've never had that. I don't do drive-thrus a lot, though. I go in now. I really don't either. Just It's just Starbucks. And that Starbucks up there by the hospital, like, there's no good place to park. Yeah. Yeah. And you end up getting trapped because the line's so long. Yeah. That's, uh, I was talking to someone at work today just about how poorly they have planned all this development because if you go to a restaurant, say, up on Jonesboro Road, there's nowhere to park. Mm-hmm. And the restaurants are so small that... You can go in somewhere on a Friday or Saturday night, and it'd be a two-hour wait. Yeah, like no one's waiting two hours to eat at Chili's. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they're not parking at Home Depot and walking all the way over. No. Hmm. What is uh? What's your car story? I saw that you. Oh my Said gosh. that you had a car story. The battery debacle. The battery debacle. Yeah, man. So a couple of months back, I noticed my my battery was starting to get corrosion on it. So I was like, okay, it's 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 been four years since I got the car. Twenty eight, the car's a twenty eighteen, so probably four years. It's been five years, my man. Five years, that makes sense. Twenty three, September of eighteen is when I bought that car. Yep, five years to the month. Okay, so why that battery lasts me a long time? So I noticed some corrosion. I was like, I'm gonna have to replace that at some point. And then two day, uh, what was it? Tuesday, I think. Yeah, it might have been Tuesday. Get out of work. I get out of work early. 
I'm like, oh, wow, no one called me today. It's like 3 o'clock. I'm like, wow, I'm going to go home and really enjoy the evening. Get in my car, try to start it. Nothing. No power. I hear a... And this, that was it. This is at work? Mm-hmm. Ugh. At work. 3 o'clock. Yeah, that click means I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, great. That's cool. So I generally, when stuff like that happens, I kind of knew what it was right away. So I pop the hood, look at it. I'm like, yeah, battery's probably dead. No sign of life. So I call my dad. Any In any situation like that where my car won't start or something's happening, I call him first and just say, hey, you may need to bail me out soon, but I'm working on it. He goes, okay, cool. I'm hooking up the trailer now. You just call me if you need me. Uh, which I'm so freaking thankful for. Oh man, I, I love that. But anyway, so I'm like, all right. So I I uh I go. There's a mechanic shop at UPS at the warehouse. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just go to them. They have a jumper box. They have these portable jumper boxes for the trucks. You just plug it in, give it two minutes, press the power button, starts right up. All right, I'll just get one of those. Go back there. Uh. Grab the box, get get outside, hook it up, leave it on for a minute or two, nothing, no sign of life. So my friend walks out, and he's like, my friend who's also, and he knows Tim, he used to work with Tim also, really funny guy. He uh, noticed my car, was. I was like, yeah, it's made me need to jump. You think you can just jump me? He goes, yeah, so he pulls his car around. He has a Type R, Civic. I like this guy. Blacked out, gold rims, Type R. Ooh. It's gorgeous. Like, he takes it to shows. Like, he loves the car. Ooh. Although he pays $900 a month for it. So, he uh, he pulls it up. Antoine is his name. Just because I'm sure Tim's listening. He <laughs> he comes to bail me out, making fun of me the whole time. And uh, no sign of life, man. Still nothing. It'll turn on for a second and then back off. So, I'm like, man, this battery really just shot. Like, his can't even charge. So I call my dad back, say, hey, you probably can get, come get me. I'm going to give it one more shot. I plug the box back in, starts up. I was like, all right, don't worry about it, dad. I'm on the way home. I'm going to stop at O'Reilly's on the way, grab the battery, come home. We'll switch it out. Get to the O'Reilly's, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'll just replace it here. I don't feel like going home and doing it. They'll do it for you. Yes, they do. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. But the O'Reilly's that I go to with my dad, they've known us for 10, 15 years. Uh, they don't help us. Not that like they wouldn't, but they know my dad. They know me. We don't really, you know, we we buy parts, bring it home, and work on it. So she was like, the lady's there. She goes, all right, cool. Here's the battery. Here's the tools. They have the tools behind the counter. She goes, she lets me and my dad go behind the counter. We're like, grab the tools, whatever we need. So I go back, grab the tools, start pulling the battery apart. The corrosion is so bad on the battery that the terminal, which is the kind of the thing sticking up off the battery, and there's a hook that goes around it, the terminal is corroded from the inside, so you feel it coming loose. Sheesh. I cannot get the, whatever it's called, that hooks to the terminal off because it's loose. It's corroded it to itself. Unreal. So I have to, uh, I have to cut that hook off, pull the battery out. So now I have to buy a new battery, I have to replace the bracket that goes on top of the terminal. They don't have the right size terminal to hook onto it, so I have to like finagle it. I finally start to make progress. I drop the nut to tighten the thing that goes on the terminal in my fender well. Never found it again. It's stuck in my fender well. It's in there. <laughs> so I had to buy a new a new battery, a new terminal, 
a new uh i had to buy a new bolt because it was too the hole was too small so i had to buy a smaller bolt now i have to buy another set of nuts because i dropped the first nut so what started out as $150 for the battery turned into $210 just off accessories and parts because I kept dropping stuff. They didn't have the right tools that I needed. I got home 8:15. That's how long it took me for this stupid battery. All and it was battery is so simple, dude. I don't know if you know. Yeah. You loosen two bolts, you pull it out, you put the new battery in. So at no point they didn't try to help you at all? The guy came out eventually because he, like, and this is the situation with any store. They're understaffed. They have one person there working. Right. Everybody left. He finally came out and was like, hey, you're still here. What's going on? I was there for two hours. He, I, what happened, what ended up happening was the thing stayed loose. I got the car started. I drove back to, back home. And my dad called me when I got home. He goes, hey, I see you're just getting home. And I was like, I'm not even going to worry about it today. Let's do it tomorrow. Because it was like, it was eight, it was 8.45, almost nine o'clock by the time I sat down to eat dinner. So the next day, I bring my car back to my dad's shop. He replaced, we replaced the terminal, tightened the bolts and everything. It was just what turned it. And Savannah even called me on the way home. She goes, do you need me to come jump you? And I was like, no, I'm just going to stop on the way to O'Reilly's 15 minutes. It'll all take, you know, I'll be there. I'll be there in no time. Yeah. Turned into... From 3 o'clock when I clocked out, 8.15, I walked in the door. Oh, man. So I will never overlook corrosion on a battery again. Yes. That's how you learn, though, man. It's probably, like, not to, you know, throw anything on you in hindsight, but probably should replace the battery, like, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't need to be replaced. My, seems like my mom or my dad at one point, I think it was my mom, uh, she had real bad battery corrosion, and it was just from where the battery had been in there for so mm-hmm. long. Which, you know, even on a smaller scale, if you have a TV remote and you don't really change the batteries in them for, mm-hmm. like, years, the batteries will just That's why I don't keep explode. batteries in those lightsabers. Yeah. If you yeah. just forget about them, they just go Cri- crazy. Christmas decorations are really bad about that, too. Anything yeah. that you put batteries in. Yeah, because you forget about them for a year. And they're up in the attic. Mm-hmm. Just the really harsh temperature changes. Yeah. yeah. And that And the biggest thing why, why I didn't even think about it is because before this car... I've never kept a car longer than a year max. And same with my father and my brother. We buy and sell cars so much, we never have to worry about replacing tires, changing out batteries. The only thing we worry about is really is oil changes. So this is the first time I've ever had to replace a battery in a car that I've owned. So I just waited too long. And not like not like I don't know how long batteries last, but it's just I've never done it. So I was like, oh, I'll push it off. And I, di- I just didn't think it was going to be that major. I thought it was still going to be, you know, plug and play kind of thing. But that's not what happened. Cars are just a pain in the ass, man. Like, cars are cool, but the maintenance part sucks. <sighs> yeah. the And so, again, this is the first time I've had a new car. I just hit past 75,000 miles. That's when stuff starts happening. New yep. tires, new battery. Yep. Brake pads, got to replace those soon. I got to tell you, I think it's, you may disagree with me, for you to have had that car for five years and literally are driving it pretty much every day to only have 75,000 miles on it. I mean, you're driving less than 20,000 miles a year. Yeah, I am. I think I'm right at about the average. And you you took several trips to Florida, Mm -hmm. or you've taken several trips to Florida in that car. So, I mean, you've put miles on it, but. Yeah. 
because when I was trying to do the math on my Civic and how much I wanted to spend, because I kind of have an idea of how long I want to keep the car mm-hmm. or what I what I view as being worth the investment of the car. I was doing it based on driving fifteen to eighteen thousand miles a year. Um, that's above average. Yeah, but it's. I don't know, man. It's like what you said. You're. It's really once you hit like one twenty, things so you start to really start it. need to be replaced, and it's like, do I want to continue to invest money into the car, or do I just buy something new? Yeah. But I think that we're both pretty blessed in that. Thank God we don't have to drive into Atlanta, mm-hmm. and our commutes are fairly close. Even though we we sit in a good bit of traffic, we're not driving long distances. We're honestly probably about the same. I think I don't drive more than twenty five minutes to work. If there's no traffic, it's twenty five minutes for me. Yeah, twenty five, yeah, uh, thirty minutes. But uh, it's cars are great, but the maintenance is just a pain in the mm-hmm. ass. And I know I told you this already. I was at the Honda dealership last week getting my car serviced and I hit that 30,000 mark. So they're wanting to change fluids and do brake checks. And, uh, I had to get new wipers, air filters. Yeah. And like everywhere else, like you just said, they're short staffed. So takes forever, man, you're Mm. just so glad to get out of there. I wish you would let me do your oil changes. Well, right now they're free. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. How long? Wait, still free? Yeah. How did you get swing that? You've had the car for a couple of years. It's a mileage. It's once I hit a certain mileage. Really? It's no longer free. I think it's, it's 60,000? or 80,000. Yeah. Dang. Did that just, you didn't do any negotiation that came with it? No, it came with it. Yeah. Wow. Now, it, it's free. It was included in the loan. It's one of those add on things. Oh. It's like, okay. we'll give you the service package. You get free oil changes ah. for. X number of miles, but okay. it gets built into the thing. You're paying, you're paying it through your okay through your. So loan. you are, and that's the thing. Some some people like people like you. Not that this is a negative, but a lot of people don't have the the ability that like not even the ability, the opportunity. Like my dad has a car lift. You know, yeah. yeah. If he didn't have a car lift, I would never do my oil changes. So ninety nine percent of people don't have that opportunity. So yeah, you're gonna throw that in, and then you don't. It's not a headache. I have a headache sometimes when I'm doing the oil changes. You gotta. Take your whole afternoon. My dad's got to pull his car off the lift, pull yours on. You get dirty. So that makes sense. You can just throw it in. It's like a package or something. Yeah. Yeah. The only downside to it, I like the dealership. The customer service is good. Where is it? It's it's just up here by uh, where we eat at Miller's and oh, really? Costco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or BJ's or whatever they put over yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. It's right there. Gotcha. Uh, That's where Tim got his too, right? The Next door at the Hyundai dealership. Okay. Okay. Toyota's over there also. Or Kia. Yeah, Toyota's over there. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean I, I like it. I like going there. It's just when you go, you gotta bank on it being three or four hours. And that's what Tim does too. We I did his I did Tim's oil changes oil change a little less than a month ago. And I texted him on Saturday morning when we were gonna hang out. He goes Oh Friday. He said, uh yeah, well, we can hang out, but I got to go get my oil change. And I was like, well, it's going to take a couple hours. I was like, just let me do it. Go buy the oil, come over, we'll just hang out, and I'll do it in 10 minutes. So he was, he just did that, saved him a couple hours. But, yeah, you got to, sometimes it'll take you half a day, like in your case. Literally, it took half the work day. Yeah. I got to work at 2 o'clock. Yeah. 
And thankfully, my boss was working out of office that day <laughs> because he knew I was there, but he didn't know I was there till two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. You just say, hey, I'm going to be a couple hours late. Or... Yeah. Thankfully, I mean, like, I, I feel like you can justify doing that on work time because my primary, the primary purpose of my vehicle is to drive to work. Mm. You know me, I really don't drive anywhere else except for here in church. Yeah. So I could say like, Hey, this is my means of getting to work. I should be able to go on work time. I can still Hmm. work remotely. I just need my computer to be able to do my job. Yeah. You have a job where you can still communicate and work quote unquote. Yeah. While you're there. I mean, he literally didn't know I was out of the office. Yeah. Because I was still able to answer emails and make calls and and all that stuff. But thankfully, my boss has been cool enough for like every time. And I go every six months. I'm like, hey, I'm going to take my car to get service in the morning. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And it probably helps that you don't. You don't call out. You're never late. You're like, you're always at work. Yeah. So like yeah. those rare occasions, I'm sure he's like, yeah, sure. I I had a moment. Uh, I don't think Trey will mind me sharing this. Uh, he told me last week, he was paying me a compliment. Mm. He was just like, thanks for being mm. all reliable or, yeah, you know, along those lines. And, you know, man, like sometimes that's what I what I aim for is try to be steady Eddie. Navarro's the same exact way. I don't think he's missed a day of work in six years. He's always always there, doesn't call out. There to work, you know. The only day I've missed this year is when those damn tornadoes came through in January. I almost blew my house away. Oh, yeah, that's right. I actually spent the night with you the first night because I couldn't get home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. But I didn't go to work that Friday. That was that was nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom still hasn't got her car fixed from that. That was one of those moments uh, where you realize, oh, dude, like everything can just completely get flipped upside down in a moment. With one storm. You know? Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just how fragile really our day-to-day existence yeah. is. We're just one like disaster away from... Mm-hmm. It all getting messed up. Speaking of Trey, man, we were at a, we were at a practice Wednesday night, and I wear I wore my uh, my Tim shirt. The quote: "The uh, have so money, so much money, I don't know what to do with it." So you know, I get there I get there pretty early, about a half hour early, and I'm in, I'm there. I got my guitar on. I'm tuning. Russ walks up, and he's real quiet. He looks at me. He goes. After like ten seconds, it's silent. Then he goes, "Who's Tim?" And then I, and that's one of those moments where you remember what you're wearing. You know, you're like, right. "Okay," I'm like, "Okay, this is for, you know, this friend known in my whole life." He, <laughs> he's, he said that he literally said this word for word, and it's the same story every time. I'm like, "Yeah," he said this word for word, and we thought it was so funny. Me, Ashton, and my friend Navarro, literally made shirts documenting the occasion. And Trey said this. I don't think he even meant it as a compliment, but I took it as a compliment. He says, yeah. He goes, their friend group like makes t-shirts of inside jokes. He goes, that's just like what they do. And I was like, man, I never thought of that, but we have the interesting shirt, the Tim shirt, the Miller's men shirt. And I was like, wow, that is kind of like a cool thing. And then I remember how we were talking about maybe doing quote shirts for the 
cabin trip this this trip. But he said that, and I was like, you know, that is kind of cool. We make like shirts, and they all kind of not all based out of the podcast, besides the Miller's Men one. But two two out of the three were out of the podcast. So, but that was really funny. Good old Trey. Yeah, I I, I took it as a compliment. Oh, that's kind of cool, man. Yeah. So, uh, I thought that was a funny, uh, funny passing comment. One of my favorite custom clothing uh, designs I think I've seen is Trey's. I feel God in this chilies tonight. Oh yeah, hoodie, which is thanks to Jules. She she did that for him. It kills me. It's man. so good. <laughs> it's one of those great. It's like a famous quote from the show, but you got to be a real fan of the show to remember that far back. In season two, episode one, and the fact that she put it on a on a uh, hoodie and like, gave it to him as a Christmas gift—it was freaking genius. So I'm going to be uh, transparent here. I didn't know that was from a show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was some kind of inside joke. <laughs> what show is it from? Is it from the, the office? office? I should have known. Pam is Pam gets super drunk at this award show. At Chili's. And she wins an award at the end of the night. And that's part of her acceptance speech. She says, I feel God in this Chili's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so freaking funny, man. You didn't know. No. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because Trey's a huge Office fan like me. Yeah. Really big Office fan. Man, I should have known. That is so funny, man. Julianna's had a couple of home runs. There was something around the time that they got married. Maybe it was her bachelorette trip if she took one. Did mm. she get a tattoo of his head? Like a, a temporary tattoo of his head? Or there were cupcakes that had... Mm. I uh, remember that. Like a decorative stick poking out that had his head, yeah, his face on it. I don't remember It was something that. like that. Really? Caden just was on a uh, a bachelor trip and for Harrison. Mm-hmm. And his wife went on a bachelorette trip, and Caden's wife went went with the bachelorette uh, party. And someone made her a swimsuit, the bride a swimsuit, and it just had Harrison's face all over it, like little <laughs> yeah. designs. And it was, yeah. it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I thought that was pretty funny, yeah. but it reminded me. We'll have to have Trey correct us on that. Mm-hmm. Correct me on that. Do you remember that? I'm I'm having like a slight slight memory of it, but I can't pinpoint. She did something. About it, it was either a tattoo, a temporary tattoo, mm-hmm. or some kind of design thing you put in cupcakes. That's funny. We'll have to get him to correct us. On yeah, that. we'll ask him on Sunday. That's funny. Yeah, I don't really remember that. I don't know. <laughs> That's a funny idea, though. Oh man, dude, I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about the band this week. Mm-hmm. There are weeks where everything just falls into place, and we're all having fun. Yeah, and that's when I really get hit of like, and it it always amplifies it when you're there. But when everyone's into it and you just feel the flow, it's like, yeah, man, this is why I do this. This yeah. is just you almost feel pity for people that never get to experience something like that. But um, I was just thinking about that on Wednesday. Yeah, because it it is a crazy feeling. Even though we get it on such a small scale, being uh, like playing at the church, you we still get the feeling of being a musician. Like whether you're playing to ten people or a thousand people, 
there's still when you're part of a band and you're all playing the same thing. It's when you, it's when even most of the time it's when you like you'll hit a chorus. Yeah. Everybody, you just find the wave, you know, and you ride it. You just locked in. Yeah. Yep. You can what you can look away from your stand. You can back off a little bit. You can move around a little bit. It's a it, dude. It's a it's a feeling you can't replicate. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. And I kind of it felt it in practice. The first time we did, one of the first or second times we did uh, Jesus is that opener. When it actually sounded good before it went to hell, the second run through. But uh, you, it's it's when you go that da 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 the bridge da 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 that part right after you hit that solo, and we go into it. It's like it was. I felt that exact moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's peak uh, energy mm-hmm. for the song and everything. Yep. Yeah, it's, it really is a flow state. I uh, I'm always so thankful, and it's after the fact because you, you're not really paying attention to it in the moment, but those are those moments where time really doesn't exist mm-hmm. in a way, you know, mm-hmm. you're just completely swimming in whatever's going on. Yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I, uh, speaking of music, I, and I didn't even realize this. Aerosmith is on their farewell tour. Did you know that? Yep. I guess it's just where I'm not really on social media. I didn't see it. I don't. But everyone's on their farewell tour, and it's not guaranteed. Yeah. A lot of people, they get that farewell feeling, and they're like, let's just do this again. Yeah. So it may not be. Then again, they're probably all pushing 70s, 80s. Yeah, a couple of them don't look very good. Like mm-hmm. Joey Kramer is kind of looking rough. Yeah. Brad Whitford's kind of looking rough. The fact that, that they're one of the few bands that still have all their original members and are still playing together. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. It's interesting, too, that some bands, once one member passes, like, that's it. Mm. You've got the Rolling Stones. They just released an album, you know, and their drummer died a couple years ago. Yeah. You know, so they're just going to keep the keep the train rolling. But uh, I honestly never thought the Foo Fighters would continue. I was surprised by that. We talked about that. I didn't think they would either. And, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, it's Dave's band. So, but you've got bands like Zeppelin. Or, I mean, Nirvana's not a great example because Cobain was Nirvana. Yeah. But, uh, you know, John Bonham dies in Zeppelin and they just never, they stop there and never pick it back up again. But, uh, so Aerosmith's on their farewell tour. And my mom is... She loves Steven Tyler. I mean, probably more than any other celebrity. <laughs> and she always has. Is you know, and uh so her and my dad's anniversary was this month, earlier in the month, and she had mentioned you know, like this was it for Aerosmith. So I got online to see about buying them tickets to go to the show. Twelve hundred dollars. Mm. For not even like good seats, it's at State Farm, and you know it, it's a basketball arena. So yeah, there's the stage, and inevitably because of the way that a basketball arena or stadium is made, it's circular. So there's seats behind the stage, mm-hmm. dude. Those were like six to eight hundred dollars. <sighs> not even facing the stage. Mm. I was like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do twenty four hundred dollars. Yeah, but uh. My dad's going to that, by the way. Is he really? 
Craig Scarborough bought them tickets to go see him. But they bought them like six months ago. He said they were about 300 bucks a ticket. Well. But he that's probably why. He got yeah. a deal. Because it's within a month. They're, they're here, I believe. Yeah, it's this month. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the beginning of October. Something like that. He said, yeah, because... Because what you're about to say about the vocals thing is that what you're trying to what you're trying to get at? Yes, yeah, that's where I was ultimately going. Yeah, Stephen Tyler's got a vocal injury. Yeah, which it, I'm not surprised because they were in the middle of a four hour set. The man's in his seventies. Wow. Which I get it. I mean, this is it. So blow yeah. it out. You know. So it happened during the show. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know like that. Like he he injured it while singing. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. But I heard I heard that on the radio when I was with my dad in the garage doing my battery thing. And he said they said next thirty days they're gonna he's gonna take a thirty day break and that's right before the Atlanta show. So he was like, If all goes well, he'll they'll still be Should there be for good. Atlanta. Well, as of a couple of days ago it was not canceled. I was yeah. looking at the tickets after after he had injured himself. Yeah. So as of right now it's still That's good. Still scheduled. But I mean, the dude's an old man. It like it could be one of those things where ideally he's good to go in 30 days, but you just have kind of have to. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get peak Steven Tyler, though. Yeah. At that show. Yeah, that's tough. That's kind of sad, too, that if if he's just going to be riddled with vocal issues mm-hmm. for the, kind of the last tour, yeah, that would be sad. But, I mean, the dude's been doing this for 50-something years. I don't think he's going to care. No, he'll you probably just... Quits. just yeah. Yeah, my dad. They're seeing, they're seeing Aerosmith and then Queen, like a month after. So my dad's getting like the best of the best towards the end. Yeah, and there's another in- interesting example of a band where pretty much the person that is the band dies and they keep going. Yeah, I mean they breaked for a while. They did a reunion show in like early two thousands. Then they did like the Queen experience with. Uh, Mark Martell, is that his name? Mark? I thought Adam Lambert was singing with him at some point. They did. So they did this thing called the Queen Experience with this guy who was a shot-for-shot image and vocalist for Freddie Mercury. I mean, sounded exactly like him. Is that the guy in the movie? No. Okay. He did the vocals for the movie, though. Okay. So he sang the vocals. Uh, Rami Malek is the guy that played him. But it was called the Queen Experience. It did it with this guy... Then they, they, they got Adam Lambert, and now they're back as just Queen. It was the Queen experience with the other guy. Now it's just Queen, and they came back. I think it was in the teens, two thousand fourteen, fifteen, something like 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 mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they're traveling as Queen. But yeah, I mean, for a while it was he passed, and the band, uh, Roger Taylor and Brian wanted to kind of keep going. After the break, of course. And uh, Deacon, the bassist, was like, I don't want to do it if Freddie's not here, you know? So he stopped. To this day, no one really knows what he's doing. He's just doing his own thing. But they wanted to keep going, so they, I, I'm assuming, got permission, you know? And then uh, now they travel as Queen. It's just Brian May, Roger Taylor, the original guys. And then Adam Lambert's a singer. I don't know who their bassist is. But yeah, they're they're going to see him later this year. Which uh, I think Adam Lambert's an awesome. I don't want to say replacement, but if you if anybody's gonna replace Freddie, he's pretty damn near close to the best, best person to do it. 
if you listen to their live album, they put out a live album in 2020, I believe it was. I mean, it's it's good. You know, he's got the stage presence. He's got the the vocals. He doesn't try to sound like Freddie, which is a big thing. I think he does really good. Hmm. So, and it's still got Brian. You know, you still hear Brian May's guitar, Roger Taylor's drums. You know, so the core of the band's still there. Yeah. Besides the bassist, of course. But uh, yeah, they're gonna see him later this year. I think maybe October, November, something like that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you couldn't do that without Brian May. Mm-hmm. He really has a signature guitar sound. Yeah. You would know if he wasn't there. Yeah. And you can't emulate it. Even if you had the same guitar and amp, mm-hmm. I feel like just the way he plays. Yeah. Yeah. He was voted a couple months back the uh, best rock guitarist of all time, which again is one of those like super subjective things. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but like the Rolling Stone magazine put it out. I, I mean, the was really cool, guy's though. up there in, in yeah, terms of he's up there. like iconic guitar players. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you know who's playing when you hear him. For sure. Yeah. So there's certain guys like that that you can tell, but he is one of those guys. I've always had a thing, a thing for Queen. I think they're one of the best, if not the best. Oh, man. the Especially in choruses, the harmonies that Freddie yeah. would do, just yeah. unbelievable. He would stack his voice on top of Fifteen times, another. Man. Yeah. Man, it's so full, and it's only he can sound like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. And I've seen old recordings of him on YouTube of him being the audio engineer when Roger Taylor is playing the drums. And even he's being like, no, try it this way. And he'll do it two or three times, and then Freddie's like, I think you're going to like it. Come listen. Like, It's really, really cool seeing those original, like, he turns into the producer, you know? Yeah. He was very hands-on with that stuff. And um, he was so passionate about it. And he was, like, really happy when he was there. You can tell, man. He had, like, a, a happiness in his voice when he was telling Roger Taylor how to play drums. Yeah. Like, Freddie can't play drums, but he knew what he knew what he wanted to hear. Yeah, exactly. So he, he was, was a like, visionary. do this. Once Roger did it, he goes, yeah, that sounds good. Come here. And then Roger was like, yeah, I like it. You know? There there was, like, a magic to that band that was, like, really, really cool to... It's one of those things you wish you were alive to kind of be in the middle of, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe, but then again, maybe we wouldn't have appreciated it as much. Yeah, in the moment, there, man, the seventies just there are songs that you listen to it, and if you really ponder, it's like, man, where the hell did that come from? And I'm thinking of yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> I mean, these songs don't sound like Hotel anything. California. Yeah, these songs don't sound like anything else. And, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and Stairway to Heaven are, what, seven minutes long? Seven plus yeah. minutes? So Bohemian Six. There was just not really any kind of consideration for... I wonder if this will be radio-friendly, That's right. you know? Yeah. That's the difference. But it's just, like, Bohemian Rhapsody, there's no, there's no repeating choruses. There's no song structure. Like, is there even a chorus in that? Mm. It's more of just, yeah, like from beginning to end. But Stairway to Heaven is the same way. There's no, there's no chorus that Robert Plant repeats in that song. Like every, they're like stanzas, and each one is different. Mm. It just changes musically, and Stairway's got this much more linear progression of it starts with this very, um, not fragile, but it's just. It's very like weakly picked acoustic guitar, and then it ends in this 
mm. big triumphant, you know, full band and mm-hmm. Jimmy Page soloing. Bohemian is more dynamic where it's like up and down, up and down, up mm-hmm. and down. And Freddie's iconic piano work and uh, Brian May doing his guitar lead stuff. But dude, like the lyrics in Bohemian Rhapsody, one, no one knows what they mean, you know? They never they never said what it meant. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't need to know. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's an iconic song and no one really knows what it means. So uh that's just fascinating mm-hmm. to me. But it's a testament to that that would that was a moment where someone truly created something that they let flow through them. I like, I would imagine Freddie didn't even know what that song meant. Mm-hmm. It's almost like these things are just birthed out of you and mm-hmm you can look back and say like, I didn't do that. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. I know, probably didn't even I, know I wrote it, but yeah, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. That's got to be an incredible feeling. Yeah. And for it to be legitimately worldwide, everybody knows Bohemian Rhapsody. Everybody knows Stairway to Heaven. At least the intro to Stairway to Heaven. Everybody knows that. Yeah. You hear it right away, you know what that is. Yeah. That's got to be a good feeling. I'm telling you, I know there was a lot of good stuff in the 80s. In the 80s was a good time to grow up. 70s was pretty kind of chaotic era, but, man, the music in the 70s. Like, the radio had not taken off yet, and bands were just, like, experimenting with all this stuff. Yeah. Another example of something that just kind of came out of nowhere, I really think it was, and I'll say this, and there'll be all these bands before that had, that were doing it, but... Think about Back in the Saddle. It came out in 72 or 73. I just heard this recently because it's being used in a commercial. Mm. Um, I think it's a car commercial. And I, w- I paid attention to uh, Tyler's vocals in this in a way that I haven't in the past. He is full-on, like, screamo screaming in that song. Mm. And he does it over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And I was thinking about, imagine being alive in 71, 72, like you've been through this, the peak of the Beatles and that kind of hippie music where you're like feeling good. Of course, it's all guitar driven, but this song starts off with this just like Mm. sinister, and the drums like, yeah. And I'm then you have back. Steven Tyler come out of nowhere and it says, I'm back. Like, I'm and it's just back. Yeah. And just this. And then Joe Perry. Yeah. Yeah. The guitars are screaming and Steven Tyler screaming. No one was doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there were a lot of people initially that heard that and like, this guy is nuts. Yeah. Like, who sings like this? Mm. But that has to be. I, I don't know of any other band that was singing vocals like that and of course it's in a way that only steven tyler can do mm-hmm. but he was doing that all the way on their first album with dream on mm-hmm. where yeah it's only the one section of the song but he knew he could he could nail that scream 70s was was a golden age of music man and i always thought like i went back a couple of years ago and started making decade playlists 60 i actually went back to the 50s 50s 60s 70s 80s I wanted to start putting songs to the decade and then listening to them. You don't realize how many 
iconic songs you think are from the 80s but were actually written in the 70s. Like all of Queen's biggest hits were in the 70s. Yep. Aerosmith's 70s. Like it really was. I always said 80s was the best music, but like I think it's the 70s. I really do. Because all of the big hits, all those bands were getting, were hitting, I don't want to say their peaks, but were rising dramatically in the mid to late 70s. Yeah. So, like, you don't realize how good the 70s music was. And, you know, I hear my parents talk about it, but it's only really hit me recently. And they told me over the years, you di- we didn't know what any of these guys looked like. Mm. The only way you would know is if you bought a vinyl and there was art or photos inside right. that would show you. But a lot of the time wow. it was, you know, space themed art or some kind of poster in uh, conjunction with the album artwork, you know, that you would put up on, on your wall. Well, that's why a lot of the first albums by all those bands were just a picture of them mm-hmm. sitting sometimes like Van Halen. I think first one was like that. Van yeah. One. Yeah. Skinner's albums were like that. Uh-huh. Um, it's just them on the cover. But never there thought was of that. Wow. There was no MTV. You know, yeah, you MTV exactly came were. in the 80s, and they talked about how big MTV was when it first came out. But there, that was when music video started, and then there were these considerations with music production of, like, hey, I mean, even then, the attention was the attention span was starting to get fragmented of, mm. like, we can't really have this song be longer than four minutes because it's got to fit into a music video, and we've got to keep it running on MTV. Mm. So... I mean, the 70s was really like the last decade where music could be made without any of the marketing. Influencing. Influencing decision-making of like, hey, are these guys attractive? Are they going to look good on camera? Mm. Is this song going to fit nicely with an MTV uh, video slot? Is it radio-friendly? Hmm. Um, so, yeah. All right, Jess, so... Let's uh let's jump back to the present day. Okay, fine. We, we've got a <coughs> we've got football week one yeah. picks to review. Tim, I hate that you're not going to be here for this, but Jesse and I are going to try our best to remain sitting on these couches and do our picks for next week. I mean, it might be hard not being at a table, you mm-hmm. know, with all these <laughs> pens and papers everywhere yeah. making us anxious, but we're going to yeah. do our best. Yeah, we're going to figure it out. So real quick, we'll go over just last week. Uh, just off the bat, you and Tim tied for the most picks at eight. Look at us, Tim. I had seven. I always lose. Uh, so that's about it. There is, do you want to, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Dude, what the hell happened to the Bengals? Yeah, that that's going to be tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we can go over some of the stuff. I don't remember... I only watched the games that my fantasy players were in. So I watched uh, L.A. and the Seahawks. I watched. I watched. I watched the beginning of the Jets on Monday night. But uh, besides that, that was the biggest news. Aaron Rodgers uh, tore his uh, Achilles Achilles tendon, <sighs> which he's already had surgery for. Yeah. Um, already I, surgery and recovering. I believe he said it was either today or yesterday that the surgery had gone great, but I mean he's definitely done for the season. It's still a year, yeah, at least. Uh, he did say he is coming back, so everybody shut up about 
it was it. it was quite a epic dramatic line too that he used mm-hmm. it was something like i shall return or it almost sounded biblical yeah it was yeah. the language that he used i saw him on pat mcafee today he was saying basically he said keep the uh what did he say keep the doubters coming is what he said and watch what i do next year is what he was saying so he's coming back at least i hope he sticks to his word it seemed like he it seemed like New York had like a resurgence and he was loving it, you know, not selfishly, but he was like involved in something big. So I hope he does follow through, you know, he says he's coming back. I think he signed a two year deal, didn't he? When he signed? I think so. Yeah. So he still got that other year, but, uh, it, dude, that was heartbreaking. Even for me. Like I, Dan texted us right when it happened, me and Tim and was like, you gotta be kidding me. 75 seconds he played three downs i don't know if you saw but when he got up he was shaking his head mm-hmm. looking at the sideline almost i mean he knew it he was looking at, he was trying to get the eye of the trainer or something and then he laid down <sighs> yeah that was freaking tough but i mean they still got the win it was a pretty it was a freak way to win but they got the win they still got the win week one against the Bills. You know, uh, uh, what's his name? Josh Allen threw three interceptions. Jets defense is just. That was why they lost the game. Oh, yeah. Turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the defense is just that good. And then, I mean, Zach Wilson got a touchdown. He did have an interception, but he still had a passing touchdown. 100, 140 something yards, I think, something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then the punt return for the win. Still got the win, so I don't know. It's curious to see what they're going to do this year now. Dan thinks they're going to go pretty much 50-50, which I think so too. Maybe 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight one of those years. Yeah. But uh, that sucked. Maybe like barely squeak in, playoff mm-hmm. run, and yeah. Yeah. It is sad. I'm trying to remember if I watched any other ones. Oh, my God, the freaking Bengals and Browns. I watched the Bengals because Joe Burrow is my quarterback. Joey B was slamming his helmet, Jess. 82 the man passing was upset. yards. Dude, I have the numbers. The man was upset. So I am having a different way to watch football this year now because I do fantasy. I just took some notes, Ash, just for you. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so this is my first year of fantasy. This is how my Sunday went. Joe Burrow, literally the worst game in his career. 14 for 31, 82 yards. Then I have Seattle. I have Lockett and Walker, running back and wide receiver for Seattle. They combined, the whole team combined for three total yards in the second half. Three yards. It wasn't good. No. (laughs) Not good at all. But what saved me was the Cowboys Sunday night. Holy crap. 40 to nothing. That was the worst game of the of the week. Yeah. I I turned it off. I mean, it was so <laughs> painful. Yeah. Now it was raining. Like and it was also raining for the Bengals game, which is why I think Joe Burrow did so horribly also. And it was like the Cowboys they couldn't throw the ball. The Cowboys became part amphibians and mm-hmm. were just perfectly at home in it and the Giants were slipping and sliding everywhere. 
So first first drive of the game, blocked field goal return for a touchdown. Second drive, pick six. I mean, it all in the first quarter, my defense had I think eighteen points. When they av- they averaged six to eight. You know? So the whole game they had thirty five fantasy points, which I think broke records. Like it was nuts. Forty to nothing. They shut out the Giants offense. So did it did the gains there get offset by the poor performance of the Bengals? Yeah, is that up, how that works? I ended up winning. I win. I won the week because Be- of the Cowboys' defense. Wow! I got very, very lucky. I ended up. I mean, I won by like thirty points, I think. But yeah, I got lucky. I got real lucky. Uh, I also have the wide receiver for uh, the Chargers. I wish I remembered his name. He's the number one wide receiver over there. But uh. Keenan, Keenan Allen. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah, his yeah. name? I have him, too. Uh, yeah, so overall I won, but <sighs> I drafted Joe Burrow thinking I was making a gamble. You I mean, know? you like him, too. So. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. He was questionable during the draft. No one picked him up. I was like, I'm going to get him. He's going to be a sleeper. I mean, he's Joe Burrow. You know, He was fine. The calf wasn't bothering him. It was just a crappy game. He They just didn't do good. Brown's defense was on point also. So I'm hoping it was just a fluke. He scored three points on my fantasy, which they average. He was projected to score 18, scored three. It's unheard of. So I'm hoping that was a fluke. But other than that, I think that's all I watched. I watched the Eagles Patriots a little bit. Tim was watching that one. He was texting me about it. Started coming back in the second half, but then didn't end up working out. I watched every snap of the Falcons game. Which I almost got to go to. I know. I wish you did, man. Next uh, time, ask for two seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <sighs> I would have had to have paid for it, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. How much were they? Sixty bucks. Eh, for box seats. For box seats, it's yeah. I it would have been worth it. Yeah, I would have done that. No question. Um, he did tell me that he left his house at eleven. He lives in uh, Spivey, and that he barely made it, just because really? of how crowded it was. There was no parking. In the amount of time it took to like get in and get seated, because mm. I told him, he asked me what time I left church. So I was like, twelve. He's like, yeah, you wouldn't have made it. Dang. So it that's fine. Probably wouldn't have worked out anyways. Tell him to give you like a day heads up next time. Figure it out. Well, that was that was kind of a one time thing because our bank is truest, and we we just closed this big loan deal with them. Mm. This was like. Them Thank treating you. us for I gotcha. yeah, I gotcha. Okay, um, I gotcha. but other than that, did you watch last night? I did not. I don't have Amazon Prime. Oh, okay, so I watched just first first half. So the Eagles did end up winning. I guess that's not that surprising. I'm kind of surprised I chose the Vikings. It's <sighs> more because I just don't really like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. My opponent this week had. The Eagles, they had, he has Jalen Hurts, and then he had the tight end, uh, Hutchison or something, whatever his name is, on the Vikings. He last night scored 50 points off of two players, which is unheard of. Wow. So he, I'm down 50 nothing right now. Wow. So that's going to be quite a deficit. But he, they both had great games. Jalen Hurts had two QB sneaks, which is what really hurt me for touchdowns on the one yard line. Yeah. So, uh, but no, it, it was, it got interesting later in the game. But, uh, and, you know, Eagles, oh, well, I'm not surprised they won. Yeah. 
it's man, I still can't believe the Cowboys and Giants game went the way that it yeah. did. Did you choose the Cowboys or the Giants? Because I feel like we, we all, all chose the Giants. the Giants. Yeah, we all picked the Giants. Man, we were wrong. Yeah, yeah, we all picked the Giants. Yeah, yeah so, so that's about it for that week, I guess. Right. Happy the Falcons won. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna do well this season though. The Titans were, the Titans are terrible. I mean, mm. the Panthers are terrible. Bryce Young, who's the quarterback for Alabama last season, the dude just like he had a terrible day. Really? Did you see what they did with his first touchdown? The uh, ball? Yeah. To Hayden Hurst? Yeah. Now, when Hayden caught it, he threw it into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Did, and I know that there was an attempt. They never covered it again, but there was an attempt to get the ball back. I think they to th- get I to think him. he threw it back. Okay. They ended up throwing it back. Okay, that's good. Yeah, but again, it's one of those things where like they make such a big deal about it. I mean, it was kind of a big deal with with Tom Brady's 600th touchdown. Remember a couple of years ago, Mike Evans did that. Right, right. It was right. A, we talked about it on the show last year, actually, didn't we? It was a whole debacle. They tried to buy it back. This whole thing. Yeah. Then Aaron Judge's 60 second home run. That one we talked about. Maybe that's what it was. They offered two million dollars that day, but like Bryce Young's first career touchdown. I'm like, okay, it's like. He threw it. And he he tweeted about it. The receiver that caught it and said, "I blacked out in the moment. I threw it in the stands. I was excited. So I think they got it back, though." Yeah, I, like a big deal. Hayden Hurst. I I wouldn't have felt bad about that at all. Cause, no, I mean those guys. And Hayden's been playing a while because he he was on the Falcons last season. You catch a touchdown, like you're celebrating immediately. Mm-hmm. You're throwing it or spiking it or doing whatever. So, I mean, it's not like he was intentionally trying to keep the yeah yeah i'm with you though it's kind of big deal yeah i'm with you all right let's get into these week two picks you go to the picks okay so i got tim's picks did he already do his yes i got his earlier don't tell don't tell us so that well i guess you already see i don't want his well i I won't look at him i don't want his to influence mine ah okay i won't either then do you want me to guess something for you because you know i i uh I value Tim's opinion so much that sometimes it it affects my decision making. No, he kn- both of you guys know more than me, but I think he knows the most. Mm. So when he picks someone, I second guess for sure. Yeah, no, eighty to ninety percent of my picks are just blind. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Let me take a swig of this Oktoberfest real quick. Man, thanks for picking this up. There's already five bottles on the table. Yeah, five yeah. empty bottles. You're missing out, Tim. I'm catching up. This is what you get for leaving town. All right, Jess, week two. You go for it. Ravens at Bengals. I got to tell you, I'm kind of <sighs> nervous about your boy Joey. <laughs> I am. I'm going to pick the Bengals, though. I really think last week was a fluke. I don't think the Ravens' defense is all too incredible. So I we'll think, see. I think the Bengals will regroup. Joey B will be in a good mindset. That's what we want to hear. I'll go Bengals. Seahawks Lions, my man. I am picking the Lions. I'm gonna I be am picking the Lions as well. I think they looked really good last week beating the Super Bowl defending champs at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So they did look good. And Seahawks, I don't feel good about them whatsoever. Watching them all, I watched their whole game last week. No, I don't like them. I liked my receiver and running, but the running back did really good. But I don't like uh, Geno Smith anymore. Never have. Mm-mm. Colts Texans. Uh, that might be. I mean, a they're both kind of both kind of buns. Mediocre at best. You know what? I'll go with the home team Texans. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go different from you and go okay. Colts. All right. Bears at Bucks. I'm going Bucks. Uh, man. Really? You know, I'll go Bears. Buccaneers. I think that'll be an oddball, oddball pick. This next Jeez, one's Jack. easy. Is it though? No. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna pick the upset. The Jaguars. Yeah, Mahomes is gonna be uh, getting a. Getting is he gonna a, be pokey piss? He's gonna get a dub this week. All right. I'm picking Jaguars. All right. Even though the Falcons is the home team and I want to see them win, mm. and even though it's a home game, I think the Packers are going to beat them. I think so, too. I think I really think Jordan Love's looking pretty good. Yeah. Better so, than people were expecting. Yeah. Packers are getting my pick, even though I hope the Falcons win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raiders? Easy, easy pick for me, I'm going to be honest with you. Raiders? No. Bills? Yeah. So you think Josh Allen's going to show up? I think yeah, I think it's it's kind of the same situation as Joey B. I think that was a fluke. I don't think he's throwing three interceptions again. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go Bills. Should too. I be telling you Tim's picks after you pick? Let's wait till the end. You got it, Bills. All right, Chargers, Titans, Chargers, Chargers. I don't feel good about the Titans whatsoever anymore. Never right. have really. The Falcons division, the division that the Falcons are in, is going to be it's going to be another year of just sucky teams. Yeah, the Titans, the Panthers, the Saints. Yeah, it's, it's true. just it's going to be another. You can go negative and make the playoffs in that division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think the Falcons almost did. They had a losing last, season. Yeah, I think yeah. last year, right? All right, four twenty-five games. Forty Niners. Rams. Um, 49ers. 49ers, yeah. What am I even thinking about? And even though it's in L.A., it's practically a home game. Purdy is like kind of being a rise star right now, right now. Yeah. Why did I say that twice? No. Interesting. No. Giants-Cardinals. Uh, well, gauging the Giants' performance last week, I'm going to pick the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That was not like a bad game. I think that they are just, they're bad. Yeah, they're rough right now. Trying to figure things out. Jets at Cowboys. Uh, Ooh, I Cowboys. don't see the Jets winning in Dallas. Only because the Cowboys defense, I think, is so solid. I also think both defenses, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'll predict that. Yes. I say... What's, I'm going to pick a score for this one. You want to get a little uh, double down on this one? I'm going to say 14-7. That low? 14-10. I'm going to go 14-10, Cowboys. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go 31-10. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dude, the Jets defense is like... Also, uh, this yeah, this they, is they one sh- of those... What? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're... I'm probably being a bit... This is over. one of those pointless stats that I don't like, but uh, Dak Prescott is 4-0 against the Jets. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. I don't like those random stats like that. But uh, I don't... I really think it's going to be low scoring. Okay. I'll we'll go for fourteen ten. What did you say? Thirty one ten. Thirty one ten. Okay. I do think that the Cowboys getting rid of Ezekiel Elliott is just an all around good move. Mm-hmm. And I see their offense producing some points. Okay. So the winner gets to smack Tim in the face on the podcast next week. I'm sure he'll be okay with that. Yeah. We'll just not tell him about it because I know he He's probably listen won't now. listen. He's going to get to the music part of this podcast yeah, that's and be true. like. You don't think he'll listen on the way home? I don't Florida? know. He very well might. Maybe we shouldn't, and this will be a surprise. We'll lean forward and just 
next week. Get ready. <laughs> Let's just lean forward and see if he reacts. Okay. Be like, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he won't talk to us <laughs> about it. Commanders Broncos. It'd be like Drake and Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go Broncos, man. I'm surprisingly optimistic about the Broncos. Yeah, I'll go Broncos. Sold you on that one. 820. Dolphins at Patriots, where I think is the team that Ezekiel Elliott went to, right? Patriots. Patriots? I'm going to pick Dolphins. Yeah, I'm going Dolphins as well. I think, uh, dude, Navarro has Tyreek Hill on his fantasy team. He alone scored 40 points. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is incredible. What do you you have over 200 passing yards last week? Yeah. Just to him alone. And Tua had 466. Passing yards. Wow. 466 passing yards. And the Falcons quarterback had like 130. Really? So killing it. <laughs> All right. So there's two Look, two Monday night games. Dude, and next week also. I wonder if this is going to be the same thing going forward. 7-15 and 8-15. Wow. Two games. Maybe it's to give the folks on the East Coast time to be able to watch a game. Maybe. Saints-Panthers. They're both, both poor. ass, man. I'll uh, pick the Saints over the Panthers, though. Yeah, I'm going to pick Saints as well. Okay. Browns, Steel- Steelers. I had a hiccup. Okay, so really cool stat about the Steelers head coach, mm-hmm. Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, that I heard this past week that I didn't know. Tomlin has never had a losing season with the Steelers. Yeah. Since 20, I think it was, it was either 14 or 15, 2014 or 2015. Time. Dude, that is insane. No, I think longer than that, man. I really think it's I may be wrong. That. My memory is saying something 2014 or 15. Because he won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Wait, no, they lost that Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I think they lost to the Cardinals in that Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? I don't remember. But that was in high school. That was early high school, and I'm pretty sure he was there. Okay. He's never had a losing season. Insane. Yeah. But then again, like, he's the best average coach. He's never, I don't, he's, he's never made, able to I go think like he's won one Super Bowl. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go Steelers, though. All right. I'm going to go, ooh. And it's in go Pittsburgh. Browns. I'm going Browns. Okay. Their defense seemed pretty, uh, pretty intense. Uh, okay. Thursday. Giants and 49ers. At 49ers, 49ers is tough. I think I'm going to go 49ers. So we're saying that the 49ers are going to beat both the Rams and then four days later beat, beat the, Giants. the Giants. All right. So I mean, I feel good about it. Let's look, let's look at uh, the correct picks that Tim has picked and okay. see how good we do. He's picking Ravens. I'm okay. not picking that. Lions. Yep. Colts. Mm, Bucks. Jaguars, Falcons. He's picking the Falcons. Rise up. He's rising up. Bills, Titans. Okay. Pretty different from mine. Yeah, me too. Okay, 425. He's picking all the teams on the left. Wow. I'm okay. almost picking all on the right. Uh, 49ers, Giants, Jets, Commanders. Wow. Okay. He's also picking the Patriots. He's picking the opposite of a lot of us. Yeah, I think he is. he's going to clean up. Monday night, he's also picking the Saints and the Browns. Okay. And then I did not get his Thursday night pick. I didn't go that far. I have a feeling he'll pick the 49ers, though. Let's text him. You want to call him? Let's call him. Let's get him on the show. He was just texting me saying, are you guys recording? Give him a ring, Jess. 
Let's let's get our first uh, fan call in. Let's go to the phone. It's going to sound really folks. awful, though. Isn't We're going to get Tim Dreika on the phone. Hello, Tim. Yes, you are on nowhere to be. Wow, how you doing? As a, as a guest speaker. Yeah, you are a guest calling first time ever. First time, uh, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Tim, Timothy Dreika, how you doing? Good. I'm. Uh, I got. Four hours and 45 minutes on RuneScape Mobile today. You gotta be kidding me, man. <laughs> we didn't even get to that yet. Hey, we need your Thursday night pick. Giants 49ers. 49ers. You think so? Yeah, we picked that. Team. Yep. That's where we're at. There's no chance. If yeah. they play like they did against Dallas, there ain't no chance. That makes sense. All right. Well, it was good hearing from you. You having a good trip? Yeah, so far, so good. All right. Um, Bought some manga, ate some pho, played some RuneScape. So you're going to have plenty to talk about next week. Yeah, and then I'm going to go to the uh, Total Wine tomorrow, so... Hey, don't forget about our orders. Expect a full cart walking out that door. Ooh! Yeah, don't don't forget. A full cart? No, I won't. Okay, good. Good. All right, man. Uh, We're going to get back to it. All right. I'm sure you're going to be listening on the way home anyway, so you'll get to hear all of this. As long as it's published by Sunday morning. I'll do it for you. Okay. All right, man. I'll, I'll listen to it. Hey, I love you. Love you guys, too. <laughs> oh, he said it. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> See you, man. What a guy. <laughs> I, didn't, I thought he was going to say, okay. How embarrassing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tim, y'all mushy, mushy on us. Wow. Sheesh, man. Wow. Calm, calm down. People are listening. <laughs> okay. We'll get the football talk out of the way. I do want to. I just want to plant a quick flag on how good of a weekend it was, just all around for sports mm-hmm. in Ashton's world. Despite some concerns, I do have the Bulldogs did win this weekend uh, against Ball State, which is not saying much, but they did win. I hate that Tim's not here to talk college with you. You're gonna it, have to carry okay. this. I'll fly right by. Okay. Um. So Bulldogs won. Uh, they did not score any points in the first quarter against Ball State. Hmm. So it's 0-0 zero to zero at the end of the first quarter. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> what are we doing? Was there any nervousness, though? There was not any nervousness, but what makes me nervous kind of in general is how inexperienced our quarterback is. He's a sophomore, but the guy's yeah. got just really not any game experience. So mm-hmm. he looks fresh. I'm not hopeful for the three peat as of this point. Oh, in time. really? Uh, does he not look that good? He, he just—he's green, man. You can just tell by the way that he moves. But uh, anyway, Georgia won. Alabama lost, which is cause for celebration in itself. Is Texas. That That's right. Texas. I mean, beat them handily. Mm-hmm. And they got beat at home. You know, it's really funny. Just so a, a flag off the quick f- flag that you planted. A year ago, this past weekend, I posted on Facebook just a photo of the Longhorns logo. Just to upset some people. It was right when the game started. And Scott commented on it last year and said, because he's an Alabama fan. I didn't know that. So it's funny that a year later, they were playing the exact same team, almost the exact weekend. And I didn't talk to Scott about it on Wednesday night. He didn't bring it up at all. He probably didn't want probably to didn't talk want to. about it. 
So they're one and one right now. Alabama is, yes. So did you have more to get? You can keep going. I I want to say, do you think it's like the end of a dynasty? Is it coming towards the end, do you think? I don't know. Saban's just a world-class coach. and You don't see him slowing down, right? I don't. No. No, no, no. I mean, the guy could be in the national championship at the end of the season. Mm. Texas is not a conference game, right? So what it will do is Texas was 11, I think. So Alabama and Texas will basically switch rankings, which I think Alabama was three or four Mm. or somewhere in there. So they'll basically just flip in the rankings. But Alabama can still be in the SEC championship game and be in the – so Saban will have to get beat another time or two before they're out of the picture. Do you see them? So if it them against Bulldogs, you think no chance? You think nervous, man? Really? I don't know. Do they still have their defense, Bulldogs? I mean, Bulldogs defense is consistently good because that's what Kirby Smart's kind of professional mm-hmm. background mm-hmm. in football is: is defense. So they're always pretty good in defense. And they still got some stars on offense, but you know it's a new quarterback, and that's a huge part yeah. of just the chemistry and leadership. Yeah. And was he is he a like freshman this sophomore. year? Sophomore, sophomore. So was was he there last year? Yes. Okay, so that helps a little bit. Yeah, kind of has the culture already built into him. Knows the players, knows everybody. Okay, right. It's better than a freshman, I would say. Yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. where it lands. And then the Falcons won. Seems like there was one other. There was something else that was great, but oh, uh, the Braves clinched hmm. uh, a yeah, play, right. the first playoff spot, and then they clinched the NL East champion, or they first place, first place in the NL East the Wednesday night when they beat the Phillies. So hmm. they will have home field advantage for awesome. the NL championship game. Uh, and they got the number one home run hitter. Dude, he's staring it up. Even though he's still 15 home runs behind where Judge was last year. Yeah. I mean, that's how it's nuts. good Judge was last year. Yeah, it's nuts. It is. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that football or baseball is coming to, to a uh, conclusion here for the season. But the nice thing is we don't have to wait that long for baseball like we do for football. Yeah. And I'm really getting pumped up for football. Uh, so that's all I've got. Mm. About sports and stuff. Uh, so you wanted to let's touch on this real quick, Kat, those people at your office about fantasy football. Did you say they were uh, pretty butthurt on Monday? I mean, they came in Monday and were legitimately upset at how poorly their hmm. teams had done. I think that they're actually playing with money. Yeah, maybe why. So that's where I want to go with this conversation. Do you see yourself... I'm not even going to take this as set in stone, but would you do it next year? And, I, and I'm saying no money. All of us friends. Me, you, Navarro, Tim, Dan, Louie, Seth. I think he would maybe want to be involved. Rain, Jake. I don't, know, I don't think Jake would. If we found eight people to do it for no money... Would you want to do it just to see how it was? Or do you have any interest at all in doing it? Because it, to me, it 
I'm more I'm more invested now, even though it's only fifty bucks for the year. I watched all day Sunday. Some last year and previous years, I would not really care much. So you're seeing it as a vehicle that's kind of keeping you more involved in it it's than be- you would be. It's because I'm competitive. You, I don't think you're competitive. No. So that's why I think you would enjoy it, though. It wouldn't ruin your week. So even though I have my teams in sports, I enjoy just watching really good athletes compete mm-hmm. and kind of getting lost in details. And I've not really cared about baseball very much the last uh, – really, I've never had that big of an interest in it at all. But in the last year or two, I've gotten really fascinated by – how statistic heavy baseball is and mm. also how incredible it is that pitchers are able to do what they're able to do. It's insane. Yeah. Like you just saw the, what the pitcher for, what's the pitcher that just got hurt a day or two ago? Ripped his uh, tricep. Ooh, I didn't see that. Oh man, what the heck? What was it? You know what team it was? No, I can't. I I saw it this morning on ESPN. I can't visualize it. Really, really good pitcher. Like could potentially tank the rest of their season. Uh, Taurus tricep man in the middle of the in the middle of the game. Sheesh. But like seriously, it's like you're throwing a hundred pitches a night at a hundred miles an hour. Like it's insane what night they do. after night after night after night. Yeah. It's 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 really remarkable. It really is they're on a whole nother level. Those kind of people, those athletes, you know, they're on a whole nother level. So I I get that. So do you think it would ruin it? So, yes, so circling back to the fantasy. I'm going to say I'm open to it, but there's a contingency of I'm going to wait to see where you land with this at the end of the season. Mentally or position-wise? Just how you feel about overall looking back. Okay. What do you think about it? I'm up for doing it. And even if I am involved in it, I don't think that it's going to really change how much I pay attention to it. To the watching side or the like, fantasy I, I side? I don't see it. I don't see it changing the way that I watch football. Because you know me, I'm very surface level with my knowledge of football, specifically basketball. I'm different. Like remember last year, I I didn't even remember people what teams were on. You know what I mean? This year, I am, like, actually watching, keeping up with my numbers. I'm looking at the defenses. I'm looking at who's playing next week. And the, another thing is I won last week. So I, if I lose this week, I may have a different mindset in a week. I don't know. But I'm enjoying it because I'm, one, I'm competitive. Two, if I lose, I lost $50 to... That 50 bucks so far, I've talked to Daniel and Navarro on the phone every day since the season has started talking about fantasy football. So that alone's worth it to me, being able to talk with, and they're not in the same, like Dan's not in the same league as me. Navarro is, but we haven't played each other yet. Mm. So we all, we all this different dynamic. Dan's like, oh, I'm asking Dan who's on his team, how'd they do? I'm asking Navarro, are you going to accept this trade that was, you know, sent to him? It just adds a different dynamic. It's like a video game that's added on to sports that you're watching, I guess. Right. You know? I think it'd be fun to do it all as friends, 
with no money because you're not going to lose anything besides pride, you know? Yeah. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. I mean, it's and you know me. It, if I win, it's going to be like yeah. Okay, cool. Like, exactly. And if I lose, yeah. I I don't I'm not going to yeah. care. The funnest part for me was the draft night. I think all of us on draft night, you set a time. Whoever creates the league, Sunday at ten o'clock, we're doing a draft. You start the draft, and it's literally pick by pick mm. to eight people in a row. It goes back forward. You Navarro was ahead of me in the draft, so everyone that I wanted to pick, he picked ahead of me. You know, got you. Okay, like, that would be fun if we all got in the, got in the same room together, or if we got on the phone together, or not at all. If we just did it, you log on and do it yourself. That alone was fun to me. So you couldn't all have picked Joey B. Nope. It's so who determines the order? It's random. Okay. So the the league, uh, it's like so what they do they called it. There's two different ways to do it. You can either do first to eight, first to eight, first to eight per round, or you do the snake is what they call it, where you do first to eight, eight to first, first to eight. So. The eighth pick in the draft gets two picks in a row, and then it goes back up. You know what mm. I mean? That's how we did it. So it was unfortunate for me, but not really. I was fifth, so I was dead center. Yeah. So I every eight picks, I got a pick. You basically were in the same position both times. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But the guy who got the eighth pick in the draft got two picks in a row. It's a whole strategy to it. I mean, you don't pick a quarterback in the first three or four rounds because they don't score very much. You want receivers and running backs. There's a whole different dynamic of looking at it, you mm, know. Mm. You don't pick defenses till like round six or seven. It's really it was just a whole it's a whole new experience to NFL. It makes okay. me more invested. Okay, cool. So it'd be cool to I like I said it'd be cool to do it just as friends as long as we did it for no money, because people like you, Dan, you I don't think you would do it if there was money involved. I really don't. Because you're kind of already on like the fence doing it for no money at all. Anyway, because like first prize in our league, it's fifty dollar buy in. First prize gets three fifty. Second prize is one fifty. Third prize, fifty. You make your money back. So fourth and under lose all their money. Mm. So, but again, it's only fifty bucks. I think it'd be cool to do it just to experiment. Okay. Because like Louis, Dan, me, Tim, and Navarro were all already in separate leagues. If we all just did it together for free. We at least get to screw with each other, you know? Talk shit. Uh, send trades throughout the week, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just another. It's just a different dynamic, dynamic to it. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm sure we can get Trey to do it. I'm open Trey would it. be in the league. I feel like he would get really invested in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool. Okay. We'll talk about it next year. I don't have high hopes for it, but we'll run it back next year. Yeah. I it, like it. It's just I saw those guys at work, and I texted you about it, but yeah. it literally ruined their weekend. I'm like, guys, you, you're not even going to be thinking about this at the end of the week. I'm like, who who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I just uh, I try to not do anything that brings unnecessary stress into my life. No, I yeah, <laughs> I, I get that. I get that for sure. That's why I told him we me and Navarro were talking today, and I was like, I'm not stressed because I won. I was like, if I I wonder if I lost last week, how I would have reacted. Because throughout the day, not that I was, it was ruining my day, but I was like, ah, I'm losing right now. Like it just kind of dampered it a little bit. Yeah, it makes me think about, and this is why I won't do it. If we got involved in something like day trading, or 
um, high yield, high risk stocks. Day by day stuff. And I, if I did something like that, I would be glued to my phone. Right. And it would legitimately ruin my day if it was tanking, you know? Because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just, I'm bleeding money. A lot of UPS drivers during COVID were getting into day trading. And every morning they were at their, I mean, six guys in a circle talking about it. I I would go over and talk to them, but I I, I was like, I can't do this with you guys. Like, yeah, I, I just, I can't do it. They, some of them made thousands, some of them lost thousands. You know, it's like literally f- like toss of the dice. I couldn't do it. So over, it's like 97% of day trades results in lost money. So yeah, just never do day trade. Yeah, exactly. Ever. Long term. Yeah. But we don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> I'll pray about the fantasy league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No pressure. But anyway. Yeah, I wanted to hear what your uh, thoughts were on that because I remember you were you texted me Monday morning saying some of these guys are like really upset right now about fantasy. Yeah. I like it. I mean it'd be like if the Braves lost in the playoffs, there are guys that it would it would really just make them sad for a few days. But yeah. me it's just like Yeah. Yeah, it sucks, but I'm yeah. not gonna lose sleep over it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into something real quick before we move on to what I really want to talk about. iPhone fifteen. Crapple. Crapple 15 was announced last week. On Tuesday. On Tuesday. Oh, this week. You're right. iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Max, iPhone 15 Pro, and iPhone 15 Pro Max. Mm-hmm. The Apple Ultra Watch 2. The I next, didn't know about the watch. The next generation of Apple Watch, which I think is 9. Apple Watch 9. I think that was the, I think that was all of the product mm. announcements. Yeah. iPhone, obviously the big thing every September. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and Tim and Dan were talking about it because me and Tim still have the 12 Pro. Dan has a 14, but he was thinking about it. After the announcement, Tim decided he's not doing it. Dan decided he's not doing it. Right another year. Not sure why Dan would want to upgrade. Yeah. He, you know, because he works in the phone industry, I think it's not a negative. He wants the newest thing, you know, but he w- he was smart about it. He said, like, there's not enough change between the 14 to 15. Yeah. So my question is, I have the 12 Pro, three years I'm coming up on. Is it worth it for me to upgrade? Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, absolutely. The difference in just the 12 to the 14, I think, is worth you. Worth, worth you upgrading. What are you hesitant about, or what do you not like about it? I don't know anything about it. I was literally saving... Can I get you another one? Yeah, give me another one. <laughs> yeah. So one of the uh, the new things with this one is that this phone's shell, at least, is made out of titanium. That, I'm going to be honest, I don't care about. I don't it, care it, that the phone is lighter. I don't want a lighter phone. Yeah, I mean, aside from the and it's it's negligible the the weight difference. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you're measuring grams and it's yeah. it's it's hardly noticeable. But the finish that the titanium gives, and there's this new manufacturing process that Apple came up with, gives it this brushed look. I mean, they look really premium. Really? Yeah. So I looked at the colors yesterday. I think there's like white, silver, black, and they actually have the same color blue that I have. 
coming out with the different finish, obviously. Uh, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I can upgrade and only pay like five bucks a month on top of my bill to get the new phone. And it has been three years. It's one of those, one of those, like I used to do every like year or two years, but I think three years is like, you should upgrade at three years. Yeah. A cool feature that I did see that I think that I think would benefit us specifically at the nowhere to be studios is you can record 4k footage directly to an external hard drive. Yes. I thought that was very interesting. So you can hook up a USB type C from an external to your phone and record 4k footage directly onto the external. That's pretty freaking cool. And this is the first iPhone with USB-C ports right. on the bottom. That's right. Before it's been lightning cable for years. Yeah. Uh, so that was probably the biggest selling point for me because we can, because we have talked about without getting too much into it, going back to YouTube with the podcast and recording. Right. So I think if one of us upgraded, we could start, because that was the biggest issue. We we record, but then we can't airdrop a 4K two and a half hour video. It would take hours. With this, you can do it right to a hard drive, hook the hard drive up to the laptop, upload it right away. I thought that was pretty interesting. Now, you would still have the upload time when you upload it to YouTube. Right. And we need to, we do need to look at that to see the most efficient way to upload because you would have, unless we just do a single panoramic video feed, I mean, I would think that we would probably each have our own hooked up. So you would have that times three. Mm-hmm. Now you would like cut um, so that you could switch between, I would assume people talking or, or whatever, whoever's talking. But you go to getting three hours of 4K video footage that, that's serious yeah. data. Yeah. Yeah, I think we could start out doing just one angle and just see how it goes. It'd be cool if we could get some kind of tripod that sits really high mm. and then have one of the phones just get a good angle where it would capture all of us. Mm-hmm. Because we really would only need... It'll work perfectly in iMovie. You can drop in the audio from Logic... And then just make sure that the video is timed right with the audio and we're done. You can just mute the video Mm -hmm. and everything's, yeah. Yeah, I looked into it a little bit, but uh, I think that that was the biggest selling point for me if I was even going to do it. So the pre-orders went up today for the phones. So, And you're you're thinking about the Pro, not the Pro Max. Not the Max. Yeah, I still don't like that. The Pro Max times I read at lunchtime are already up to six to eight weeks. Wow. Shipping. And the regular Pros are one to three, hmm. depending on color. Yeah. And I dropped in kind of a, uh, I think it's a 20, 20 point comparison between mm-hmm. 14 and 15. And if you look at it, I mean, it's really not anything groundbreaking. Again, like you've got the titanium body. And instead of the 14 having squared off edges, the 15 has contoured edges, which oh, is I don't just, like that. just smoother. 
You know. Damn, I don't like that. Not that full candy bar shape. Dang. The 14 has a glossy glass back, and the iPhone 15 has a frosted glass back. Don't like that either. Game changer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell me the Dynamic Island is back. Dynamic Island is back, baby, on iPhone 15. Now, Jess, I will tell you this. There's less bezel on the 15, so there's even, and it's hard to tell on my case, but it looks even more like it's just entirely screen on the front, Mm -hmm. not the black line. Mm -hmm. That does look good. Really? And really, you're only seeing this, you know, notch up at the top where they're still having to hide the camera. Mm -hmm. I will say Dynamic Island is, now that I've had this phone for a year, it is a pretty cool feature. If you bounce back and forth between apps a good bit. The screen's brighter. It can get brighter. So I guess that's nice. There's really no change in screen quality between the 14 and 15. But the screen on the 14 slaps ass. Mm-hmm. So it's a good screen. Mm-hmm. New chip, obviously. Uh, graphics processor processor is the same. Uh, I would say the... And again, this is kind of a typical Apple move. The camera's improved a good bit. I did see the zoom is ridiculous on the new ones. Yeah, it's got a uh, half, one-time, two-time optical zoom. But what is really the game changer is the 48-megapixel camera. Mm. I mean, that's that's starting to get serious. All those photos are going to be taken at the cabin. We're going to need that. Don't tease me now. I don't know what improved night mode in night mode portraits means because... But you're a fan. As you'll see, 14 also has night mode and night mode portraits. I don't think any phone takes mm-hmm. good night photos. Yeah. They're going to look grainy. Um, again, some of these are vague. Improved audio quality on phone calls. What does that mean? Just yeah, pre- precision finding for Find My Friends. You, know, you can tell <laughs> their, their, exact, yeah. their exact position and yeah. uh, latitude and longitude. Um, USB-C instead of lightning and uh, wireless charging for yeah, G2. Yeah, it's all the basic stuff, really. I mean, there's there's nothing groundbreaking, mm-hmm. but it's I think it's all solid improvements, and the, the distance you'll be jumping from 12 to 15. Substantial. Yeah, so you're not... Um, you're not someone that pays outright for the phone. You kind of loop it in with your phone plan and pay it over time. Yeah, I was on the fence with that this time. I wanted to try to keep my old phone and just buy it outright and do payments, but I did that last time with my iPhone 10 because it was cracked. I had to keep it. I used that phone once in three years. Do you finance it through your uh, phone service carrier or Apple? Yeah, on my plan. Now remember, you can you can also buy it directly from the Apple Store app, yes. and pay it in payments with your Apple Card. Yes. So I did the. It was going to be like forty five bucks a month if I were to do it that way. If I were to buy the phone, it's not bad. It's not bad, but if you were to do a trade in, be free. Yeah. So I look at it as I don't use my old phones. It's nice to have. Okay. I love this phone, but I mean. I've t- literally I went on vacation once two years ago and brought my iPhone 10 and used it one time, so I don't. It would be worth it for me to just. It's literally like breaking even. You're like, take my old phone, I'll take a new phone for, and I'll be locked in for two years. Fine. Yeah. 
So for it, in a situation like me, I'm not going to leave AT&T for a couple of years. I'm not going to leave within two years, obviously. So I would think about it. If I were to do it, I would do the trade-in. I think that's what I would do. So did I sell you? I mean, it's all good points. The only thing holding me back is I love my phone. I really love, I love the phone. It's hard to, nothing's going wrong with it yet. Like, yeah, the service kind of slowly gets bad in certain areas that I deliver to, but it's deep in Hampton, you know? So that's my only real issue with it. That's more a service provider issue, though. Exactly. Well, I don't get the 5G, though. Remember, too, the next big iOS update is coming next week or the week after. Mm. And typically, once you get to four years is when the software starts running crappy on older devices. Yeah. So you're probably going to be hitting that soon. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Navarro are kind of in the same boat where we think we're going to upgrade. Navarro has a 12 right now. And, if you uh, break even, man, like... Exactly, why not? Why not do it? Exactly. So, I'm still on the fence. And I think just the video and photo improvements for you would be worth doing it. My biggest selling point was literally using it to record the podcast. Recording right to a hard drive. I think that was an awesome feature. With Type C, I think that's like a really, really cool feature. Yeah, you don't have to worry about storage or anything or uploading. I mean, uploading, yeah, but not transferring to the laptop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that may be uh, maybe the the selling point that I needed. We'll pray about it. They're sexy. Mm-hmm. Question is, what color? Do I want to go? I would. I would. If I had to put money on it, I would say you're going to do the blue. Yeah, but do I want to get the same color again for another three years? You love that color, though. I do, but I've had it for three years. Well, you'd rather have white or black? <laughs> black looks sleek. Sure. I don't know, man. Dude, this is such a pretty phone. I don't want to get rid of it. Yep. It's so pretty. I mean, I don't know, man. Tough call. They better, better make deep purple again. Mm-hmm. It's probably or I'm not upgrading. In six months, it'll it'll come out. With Sprint only or something, or I don't know. I don't know. I like the phone a lot. Springtime will roll around. Mm. Tim will emerge. We've got a new new iPhone, perfect for spraying. <laughs> yeah, in spraying purple. <laughs> a new collar, perfect for spraying. Ah, uh, that kills me. That means good old Tim me. Cook. So that's all I had on the iPhone talk. I wanted to at least talk about it because it's big news. It only happens once a year. Do you ever have moments where you want an Apple Watch? I have one. Do you wear it? Mm-hmm. Every day at work. Oh, okay. I only wear it at work. Okay. I have the three, which I, I was talking to Dan about it. I said I was thinking about upgrading. He said, if you have the three, don't upgrade. There hasn't been any insane changes. It's a watch, you know? He said, unless you want the health stuff like you got with for your dad last year. He said, other than that, ride it out. Yeah. So I got it for 150 bucks from Louis, I think, a year ago, two years ago. He's like, there's no reason to upgrade. I'm uh, hoping that they get blood pressure monitoring soon. I do think that the health 
features if if you've got any kind of medical yeah concerns yeah it is worth of it. course yeah and there's been legitimate stories of people who were about to go into some kind of cardiac um cardiac arrest or hmm. uh it's i think it's blood oxygen that the watch can also measure but it's warned them before they were too deep where they couldn't get mm-hmm. um, brought back. So yeah. it's it's pretty remarkable. And also, we don't hike, but I think it's so cool, the SOS features that they have now, mm-hmm. where even if you've got no phone signal, it can bounce an SOS distress signal off of a satellite. Um, the watch can pick up if you've fallen. Mm-hmm. So it's really awesome how far along the health stuff has come in. Yeah. Even some of my dad's uh, doctors will use the medical data from the watch in his patient profile really? to kind of track his day-to-day. It's a good way to see his vitals. Hmm. Um, it's cool. Not all yeah. the technology is So you is don't scary. have an Apple Watch? No. Do you ever think about getting one? I do want one, but I'm, I'm to take Dan's point, there's just not really been any... They'll do a new chip and a brighter screen, but that's it. Yeah, it's just a watch at the end of the day. Yeah. For people like us, it's not warranted. I use it to check text messages and to skip songs. Yeah, yeah. That's about it. It's going to be game-changing when, and they're working on it, they can do blood glucose without needing to pierce the skin. Mm. And they for like insulin and stuff? Right, to tell tell a diabetic what their blood sugar level is. Wow. That's going to be a game changer. Mm-hmm. Dang. Um, so it'll be it'll be cool to see. I mean, there there's only so much because of the size constraint of what you really can do with that as mm-hmm. far as innovation. But yeah, pumpkin cookies now, Jess. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, get back into these. These are actually pretty fresh. You said these were a week old. Yeah, they were from Target. I bought them uh, Saturday. Listen, man. I know Target's got a lot of haters, mm-hmm. but they're baked goods. No, they're they're uh they're coming into their own. They're pretty solid. Yeah. Um. So we listened to a lot of podcasts this week. Holy crap! To talk about, didn't we? You like it, don't you? Did you eat half that cookie already? Yes. That was one bite. Don't judge me. You swallowed it whole. <laughs> yeah, I did. You just bit that cookie in half of its. Gone. I inhaled the shit out of that cookie. Wow. <laughs> Let me try. Do it, do it. <laughs> Jesse has cookie crumbling out of his mouth as we speak. That's a bit of a bite. <laughs> yeah, push the mic away. We don't want to give the people any ASMR. <laughs> My mouth is so dry. <laughs> well, you've got a beer within reach there. That's making it dry. Yeah. <laughs> I man, I wish I would have thought to get you a bottle of water. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Damn it! Oh, there you go. You got two nearby, half drunk. Wow, it it disintegrates in your mouth. Yeah, I love those type of cookies though. We may need to get some uh, Sunday morning in between services. Man, mm, we'll finish them by the time we get back to the church. Oh yeah! All right. Yeah, we listened to a lot of podcasts this week. Tim, you'll be happy to know Jess. I'm sure he knows because we've been posting in the shared notes like crazy all week. But 
Jesse and I, Jesse and I have really uh, spent some time on what we want to talk about this week. Yeah. Did you mention that Post Malone was on Joe Rogan last week on the podcast, or was that I think off, so. off air? I think you did mention it. It last was week. on the podcast. You said, "Okay, yeah, yeah, send it to me." Like you were, because you said interested. something about Mike Baker being on there. Yeah, which we need to listen to that at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Post Malone was on there August in August. We did mention this on the podcast because we both said something about liking Post Malone, kind of as a person. Mm-hmm. It is a lengthy podcast. Almost five hours. I've just finished it today, and I started Monday. And as I told Jess, it took me that long to listen to it because it's fundamentally two stoners (coughs) talking to each other, and I can only take about an hour of that a day (laughs) before it's like, all right, I gotta, I gotta pull out here. For me, it was only the first two and a half hours were worth listening to. At the end of the day, they start circling back and. Just talking about nonsense. And he, I think, didn't he have him on before? Yes, that's the second time he's been on there. That's probably why. I think the first, whenever he has the guest on for the second time is when it starts to just be two guys hanging out. The first show, getting to know each other, talking about his story, his history, all that stuff. So I only listened to the, maybe the first two and a half to three hours. So... Just kind of a few initial thoughts. It blew my mind that Post Malone has just put out a new album in the last month or so. Joe mentioned it Mm -hmm. zero times. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the reason, like one of the big reasons Post Malone was on there is because he's got a new album out, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) What's funny is he had Tony Hawk on about two or three years ago when Tony Hawk 1 and 2 Remastered came out. At the very end, as the music is playing, Tony Hawk said, oh, yeah, I have a game coming out. I don't think Joe's about that. <laughs> I, he's, I don't think he's about that. That's why the guests come on, but he doesn't give a shit. Hmm. He's like, he just wants to talk. Now, when he had the Black Keys on the most recent time, the Black Keys had actually given Joe the audio files to listen to before it was even released to the public. Hmm. And... I mean, I'm sure Joe listens to Post Malone, but Joe is a big fan of the Black Keys. Mm -hmm. And so when they were on for that episode, Joe was, you know, gushing about how good Mm. the album was. I just thought that was crazy that Joe didn't even, you know, not not a question about, hey, how does it feel to have four or five albums or whatever number Post Malone's at at this point? Just nothing. Yeah. But the man will talk about the different types of bows that he has for 20 minutes. It's almost like he knows that people come on as part of their circuit, you know, to like promote their stuff. And he doesn't like that. He almost like just, he is, he's a conversationalist. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't feel, he doesn't see himself as a promoter. So it's almost probably why he doesn't even acknowledge it. And that's another thing that makes his show very unique. He doesn't, like say why the guests are on. It's not because they got something new going on. He pretends like they just scheduled an interview because he wants to get to know the person. Maybe that's why. But yeah, he 
Not that he goes out of his way not to bring it up, but you can tell he just doesn't bring it up. Any of that kind of stuff. Like when, every time Mike Baker is on, it's because he has the new season of his show coming on. Uh, whatever it's called. Black Files. Black Files Declassified. Joe never brings it up. Mike Baker always brings it up. You know? You can tell Joe's like, you're not here to promote your stuff. Just Let's just talk. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we both give Joe a decent amount of uh, of critique, I would say. But what is it about him you think is so makes him so popular? Like, what's gotten him to the point where he's at? Because, I mean, you listen to him more than I do, and a guy has only got so much about himself that he can share before it's just. I mean, a lot of it is repetitive, mm-hmm. but I mean, do you think he's just? The fact that you feel like you're just listening to two guys kind of shooting the shit. I know that he has um, guests occasionally on that are some kind of expert in a field, and he kind of asks them pointed questions, and it's different than two guys just having a conversation. But do you think it's just the fact that it's a genuine conversation the majority of the time between two people that attracts listeners? So my uh, my thought on it is, and it's probably wrong, but because I only started listening to Joe 2019, maybe early 2019, 2018. Um, I think it's because it's he started getting famous, not famous. He started gaining traction with his podcast because it was long form conversation when there was no long form conversation back then. I think that's how he got mega famous. Now. I think it's be- just because he's famous. You know what I mean? I think it's people come on the show to promote their stuff. They don't even have to promote their stuff. The fact that they go on the show boosts their numbers, no matter what. So I think that's I think that's the formula. I think it. And he's doing it. And he's been doing it for so long. And he started at the at the beginning. You know, first mover advantage. I think that's kind of the biggest thing. But. uh it's not like he's incredibly entertaining or a great interviewer. He's just a real dude and they talk for hours, you know? It's almost one of those things. And even though Joe's a comic, I've never found him funny. Me either. He's yeah, I've never I've I don't I can't listen to his comedy. Not that I can't listen to it because I think it's horrible. I just don't find it entertaining. It's just not funny. funny. Yeah. I feel like the moments that we laugh at in his podcast are not moments he's trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. It's him being weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's why. I think it's people go on now because he is the platform. You go on his show, you're going to gain traction and gain followers. And it's also probably a cool experience going to his place and smoking cigars with him and whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's more of an experience, I think. Yeah. He does seem like a genuinely cool guy. And mm-hmm. even with all of this success, if you listen to a show of his from, say, 2017 and listen to one now, he really hasn't changed Same that much. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, and we're not haters of him. I wouldn't. Not think. at all. We're both, I'm, I've been a big fan of, fan of his since Fear Factor. My, me and my dad and my brother used to watch every single night Fear Factor was on. So we've all, I've always loved him, and I'm not hating him at all. But I do think it's 
that's more of the thing. He's more of an icon now. So you want to go on his show. Yeah. And it's cool. Like, and it's, it's really cool to hear. You would never hear Post Malone talk for five straight hours anywhere else. No. I don't think you could find five hours combined of him talking about different things. People interview him for five minutes and it's the same questions. Yeah. So you're not going to find that anywhere else. It really wasn't even an interview. Mm-hmm. It was a hangout. I mean, Joe had a few times where he asked him pointed questions, mm-hmm. but they he really just kind of let it go wherever it went. Yeah. And you could tell he does that in every interview. He doesn't have questions. He never has a question, a staged question. They just talk. Yeah. Which is it's which is very unique. No one else does that. Still, even to this day, when people know that that's Rogan's formula, no one else can do that. I don't think anyone has the balls to even try to do it. Everyone is sticks to an hour still with commercials, interviews them with actual questions, and then that's it. Yeah. So, with it being almost five hours long, there was a lot that they covered. A lot of it was familiar territory for Joe that we've heard him talk about over and over again Mm -hmm. uh, and have expressed our (laughs) aggravation (laughs) listening to it. But an interesting portion of the show was uh, Post Malone talked about the emergence of AI in music creation. And I think we've talked, we talked about this last week, but that AI has been able to create songs with vocals of a famous person. And it actually sound like a song where you wouldn't be able to tell if a computer created that or if it was genuinely from the artist. But he added something to it that I've not thought about before. And I'd like to hear what you think about this. He gave the example of someone's going through some kind of emotionally trying time in their life, whatever the situation is. And being able to tell AI, hey, write me a song about dealing with fill in the blank and do it in Post Malone style with Post Malone's vocals. And you're able to create a song specifically for that moment that you're going through that you can directly plug into because Mm -hmm. it's literally made for you. You know, it's like the point I was bringing up almost with the video games last week. Would you want to be able to just create your own video game for what you were in the mood for or be dependent on what the industry puts out? And, you know, Post Malone said that it could get to the point where AI makes actually makes better songs than the artist is able to make. So, and Joe kind of pushed back and said, we, we're not going to want something created by robots. We're going to want something that a human made, but we can reach that point to where you're not able to tell. Mm-hmm. So, any... Any initial thoughts? I also don't think that's the case. I think he wants to say that. Like, oh, we want to hear it directly from you, man. But I don't think that's the case, man. I think nine, maybe eight people out of ten 
are just like kids sitting in their room and actually experiencing and messing with ChatGPT and all that stuff and saying, hey, write me a song like this. And it's going to come out better, maybe better to them than if Post Malone were to do it. So then they're going to keep doing it. Then that's where all the traction is coming from is those experiences. So I don't know, man. I don't know if most of the people are going to say, I don't want this personalized song by quote-unquote Post Malone. I want a random song from the real Post Malone. I don't think that's the case. I really don't. I'm trying to think of an example that would make it more relevant to us. So say that... Like, like I could, if I said, hey, I want to see... a Let's, let's bring Pokemon cards into this, for example, because we're big into it. I want to see a Pokemon card with Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur fighting each other, an alternate art card of it. Mm. I want to see that. Chat GBT makes it. It looks amazing. I want that card. I somehow get it printed. I'm going to keep doing that with Mewtwo and Mew on the same card. I mean, Charizard, I mean, uh, Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. Like, I'm going to keep doing that because Pokemon's not printing what I want to see. I think most people are like that. They would want to keep doing that, mm. you know? So I think you want to say that people want the authentic art from the real artist, but not when it's readily accessible. I think most people are, give it to me now exactly what I want. Yeah, or, so think about Paramore album comes out earlier this year. I thought it sucked. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping that it was going to be something like Paramore in the late 2000s. So I'm disgruntled over the new Paramore album. Mm-hmm. And I tell ChatGPT, hey, make me a Paramore album that sounds like X and write songs about whatever. Or say that we're we're going up to the cabin for the weekend and we want a song All Time Low Sings with references to hanging out with your friends on a weekend mm-hmm. and having fun. Make it catchy and upbeat and mm-hmm. you know, whatever else. And it, it exactly do it's we exactly want that? what you want. Yeah. That's the problem. It's like Like, for example, it's like you can get the same product and spend $100 on it, or you can get it from Amazon, $30 off, not from the actual person that makes it, but you can get it cheaper. That's the mindset nowadays. People want it cheaper, quicker, exactly what they want. I really think, and I don't know if that is going to end up being a danger or what, but in reality, that's what the regular people are. That's what they want, and that's how they are. You know, they want to spend the least amount of money. They want it as quick as possible. They want exactly what they want. I think you're right. Which is that that's why the AI is such a danger because most people are like that. So if it gets so good to where it actually can write good songs that give people exactly what they want, it is fulfilling that ability to kind of manifest whatever it is that you're searching for. But I think what's lost in that is there are things that you discover by accident or that 
you never would have thought you would like. And then once you experience it, it just blows you away mm-hmm. where it's an unexpected joy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would that would be sacrificed in place of kind of being able to fine-tune exactly what kind of media you want when you want it. Because sometimes it's, sometimes you do know what you want, and sometimes you think you know what you want. And it turns out to not be what you need, Mm -hmm. so to say. I don't know, there's just so much uh, uncertainty with how this is all going to kind of land, but I do know that personally I feel a, like a repulsion to having a a machine there there is something about mm-hmm. it coming from a human that you know there's real emotion behind it yeah what's going to be sc- what's going to be scary is within the next couple of years you're not going to know that's the worst part you don't know unless you know for example obviously post malone comes out and says I haven't put out an album yet. There's a lot of fake albums get, that got put out this year, but none of them are mine. Here is mine. It's going to be a lot of... Like, we could wake up in two months and see three new Fall Out Boy albums and be like, oh my God, they just put out three albums at once. But in reality, they didn't put out any of them. Yeah. But they might be awesome. Yeah. That's where do you toe the line? Do you say as a true fan, I'm not going to listen to them? Not if they're really good. What if they remaster somehow so Sugar Were Going Down and make it phenomenal? What if they do a mashup? Thanks for the memories, Dance Dance, Sugar Were Going Down. What if AI makes one that's a freaking banger? Are you not going to listen to it? Okay, so here's somewhere my mind just went. This will allow the return of physical media. Hmm. So let's say that, and this is somewhere else I want to go because this got brought up in the Post Malone interview. So let's say that you and I just, maybe you continue to do your Facebook marketplace uh, selling, but you and I just completely pull out of social media. We're just no longer online. I can do it in a heartbeat. You would know that the new album with Post Malone's name on it in the stores or the new album with All Time Low's name on it at Walmart or Target. That's them, right? There's not a counterfeit album being put out and sold Mm -hmm. in Walmart. So maybe that's, maybe the return of physical medium will be what separates the bullshit from Mm. the real stuff. Because if you think about something like TikTok or Instagram, Someone could post an AI-generated song and say, leaked song from whatever artist, and it just spread like wildfire. And it would take the artist coming out and saying, hey, this is bullshit, this is not me. But then at what point do they stop doing that because there's hundreds of songs by then? Exactly. So it may be that completely pulling out is the only way to really know if you're all yeah, if you're off internet and social media, how's the AI stuff gonna get to you? Yeah, just not. Mm. I mean, I guess you would have also say Apple Music, the artist profile. You would only listen to what gets put mm-hmm. up on there. Yeah, they see the other thing. How are they gonna somehow monetize the AI stuff? It's not gonna get on iTunes unless it's 
produced and paid for and stuff. You know what I mean? How does that, maybe that separates it? I don't know. At some point, and I'd be more surprised if this doesn't happen than if it does happen. Because one of these big artists, Drake or someone like that, is already suing OpenAI, who is the creator of ChatGPT, for kind of intellectual property or copyright infringement for using, allowing the program to create a song with his voice. Mm -hmm. I imagine that all artists will have some kind of copyright protection to where if a person says, hey, make me a song sung by whoever, that the system will say, sorry, I'm not allowed to do that. I mean, let's hope so. And you would have to use some kind of illegal dark web AI to be able to generate songs. Yeah. Do you know where that's going, the lawsuit? Do you know anything about it? No, I mean, those lawsuits at that level can take years to kind of filter through. Dude, I mean, Ed Sheeran's whole lawsuit against him copying Marvin Gaye took like six years. Right. Did you see all that? And then it finally got acquitted or whatever it is where he, they didn't charge him or anything because of it. Thank God. I mean, I think it started in 2015 or something, 2016, and it just ended a couple months ago. Which is stupid. It's always someone trying to grab money. Yeah. It's like you can't own music. You can't own, own like a chord progression. You can't own a, own a chord yeah. progression. And he did this whole campaign, and he did it to the jury. I don't know if you saw it. Of you played his name, guitar, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. You can name any song, and I can play it with four chords. And I think that's what saved him. And he still does it. He does it on interviews and stuff. He says, name any top 10 song right now. I can play it with four chords. G, C, E minor, and D. Like, it, and that's that's like the reality of it. You know, there's only 12 notes, man. You know? So, that's a whole other discussion. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get through the whole, uh, I remember the AI conversation I thought it was interesting, though, that and I'm hearing more and more, um, I would say male, but more and more high-profile celebrity-type individuals say that they're coming off of social media. And Post Malone talked specifically about just how toxic people are and that... You know, I think that there it sometimes is hard to imagine yourself at that level of success and think of those people as, oh, they're immune to all the ne- negative criticism yeah. and uh, feedback, but they're human just like you and I. And so if you were reading all this stuff about how terrible you are, whatever, I mean, it would wear on you. So he was telling Joe that he's just got to the point now where He's just kind of pulling back from all of it. Mm -hmm. And he's moved out of L.A., lives in Utah, which John Mayer's done. Mm -hmm. But more and more people are fleeing L.A. and New York. And he made a really great point. I don't know if you recall this, about when he's on tour, being in a big city, it's just the chaos of there's always noise whether it's auto uh, noise from cars or trains or crowd noise, whatever it is. And then going somewhere like Utah, 
and how you just realize how valuable silence is. Yeah. Just to your mental well-being. And when we get that, the few times a year we go up to Tennessee. Exactly. And that's exactly what I thought about. You don't realize it until you're there. Yeah. That's the scary part. And he was saying that when he has to go to somewhere like L.A., how anxious it makes him because you're just, we're probably not really meant to live in areas that densely packed with people Mm -hmm. and something always going on. We're probably wired to where it, our bodies induce anxiety just to let you know that, hey, you're somewhere you shouldn't be. Get out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It, I don't know. I, I just don't, I do think without being any kind of misogynist or sexist or whatever that the way that men are looking at social media is changing to where it feels like more and more just saying this is all around just a bad thing and I'm yeah I'm out yeah kind of thing hmm. um I don't know any thoughts no, and I even just got on to Instagram within the past month or two just because Navarro wanted me to make one to keep up with like Lego news and stuff. And even that, I find myself opening it every morning, even though it's just looking at Lego stuff. And I don't like it. And I'm getting to the point where nothing's even like going on with Facebook. I only have Facebook for Facebook Marketplace because I sell, buy stuff a lot. And I'm even getting to the point now where not a lot of stuff selling because of the economy is so crappy. No one's buying anything. So I'm almost ready to just not delete my account, but get it off my phone. I'm kind of getting to that point where in reality, I have not been without social media since, what, 2009, 2010, when Facebook came, you know, became a thing. Right. It's become such a normality. I'm almost curious to see what it's like without it you know it's nice to like facebook it's nice to keep up with old friends and family and especially extended family you're not around that's the only way to communicate with them but the two or three times a year you do that is it worth seeing all the nonsense so i'm kind of getting to that point again where i'm ready to seclude i did instagram i did without instagram for i don't know it's five years six years I think I'm ready to do that with Facebook also and just get out. Yeah. Just kind of worry about what's going on in my area, you know, instead of everything else. Yeah. Because I think it's the biggest issue with everything going on. Worry about, like, yourself lately, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you disagree with what I'm saying about guys versus girls? I mean, you're married, so you've got someone that is around our age that's female. Yeah. I don't, maybe it's just that they're not aware of it and they don't see it that way. But she's on it 24-7. Yeah. Whether it's Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, anything. Yeah. They see it. I don't think they... I don't want to speak for them, obviously. They see it more as that's like part of social life now. Posting what they got going on during the day. They don't see it as a negative and I guess we kind of... I don't want to say men like can see the future as a negative but we see it as a negative bottom line basically 
because we see takes you out of reality like look up from your phone and look around you kind of thing i don't know if it is that a it, it seems like it's a men to women thing but i'm sure it's not 100% obviously like why do we see it that way i feel like there is the difference between the two though yeah but why i just think it's so sad that like you have some major life event like a pregnancy or a marriage or a vacation and someone is purely thinking about how can i how can i use this moment to broadcast on social media mm. instead of appreciating the moment as it's happening it's like you're only thinking about how you can use this to post and make others, you know, see how great your life is or, mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is instead of, you know, thinking, hey, all my family's together and we're all grown and we may not get very many more of these or, you know, paying attention to facial expression of your husband or your wife or your friends or whatever, you know, I just feel like there's, you know, you said it pulls you out of reality. I think it does. Um, And I almost think that it's becoming the reality of like how, and again, I don't like how I keep saying men and women, but let's say, for example, like Savannah sees it as she is capturing the moment physically. She's taking photos of it, videos of it, posting it. But she's seeing it as she can recall it now on her phone and look at it. Whereas, you know, growing up, we just heard, we heard our grandparents tell stories. You know, you you sit in front of your grandparents for an hour and they would tell 15 different stories about your dad's eighth birthday party and the situation that happened or my dad when he used to boost cars when he was 15 i heard those stories from my grandfather so i guess they see it as a different way of storing that memory we see it as we want to visualize it and take it in physically they see it as why not take photos and videos of it post it and that's how we're remembering remembering it you know but you're not there yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, and that again, I'm on that side of it. I would rather, but it didn't get in my memory. Sucks, so I almost want to have both. Well, there is. So I think that your way of journaling is better than. So, have you ever had a memory in the past? And let's say a stretch of time went by where there was no photographic or video, you know, evidence of it. And then somewhere way down the road, it emerges. And as the passage of time went by, you kind of solidify that memory in a certain way. And then you have this photo and it just like changes the way that you, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I didn't, I don't remember that. But mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah. It's almost like it, you could say, well, now the memory is more accurate, but it blows apart the way that you had it in your mind, the stories that your grandparents are telling you from your parents' eighth birthday 
they're probably not getting all the details right because yeah. it's just yeah. a passage of time. But there's something about, you know, things being somewhat misty or foggy in the past of you remember the important things rather than, you know, like have a complete video of the birthday party or a mm-hmm. complete video of the Christmas with the family. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because when you're when you're capturing it in the moment, you're almost putting up a wall, like like when someone's taking a photo or like a video of whatever's going on. The person who's doing it is kind of secluding themselves from the memory itself. You know, that's how I see it, at least. So my parents, they don't. I mean, there's not a lot of them, but my parents have got photos that were taken of them in high school, like their senior year of high school or whatever. No one posed for photos then like they do now, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying like there's anything wrong with posing for photos, but I think people will set up a situation to where they can pose in a certain way to give off a certain presentation to everyone else that isn't actually it's almost 90 percent of it, real yeah. you're not yeah. like being captured in the moment you're cre- you're artificially creating a moment mm-hmm. that isn't a- even going on you know what i'm saying yeah. does that make sense yeah it, it just seems less genuine um I, I yeah i don't know i love the photo that we took on the couches a few weeks ago here i just felt like you know that wasn't that was kind of us mm-hmm. naturally interacting. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's memories that I have of being on vacation as a kid, and I wouldn't want to see video of that because I have the memories, and I just feel like seeing video would taint that in a way. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, do you feel that at all, or would you want to see the video? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I would probably want to see the video, just because of my memory. That's how it is. I guess it's just maybe case-by-case case basis, but I wouldn't want to be taken out of the moment to record the video. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's almost like you just want to step back in time and and relive it and look at it and see what was going on uh yeah i don't know i've gotten to that point where i just stop like caring about it and commenting on it like setting up photos and i don't know it's one of those things we just stop caring about you know yeah i'm getting to the point where i started taking I, i started taking more photos but i never stage a photo I'm just like, let me just remember this real quick. Click. And then just, like the game night, I didn't tell anyone to, hey, look at me and smile. I like just took photos. Just just for me. You know, not even to post. I didn't post. I posted two photos from that night. I took like 15. You know, I wanted to remember this moment. Exactly what happened. Because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. That's like a Kickstarter for me. Because then I can remember the next hour from that photo. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's kind of where I'm at with it. 
don't really know. How do we get on that from Post Malone? Social media well, and stuff. They he they talked about you yeah. know, him basically just pulling out of social media. Yeah. Um one thing I thought would be fun to ask you. This is uh you know, probably something we'll only be able to dream about, but they talked towards the beginning of the episode about uh, Post Malone being hired to play corporate gigs and being at birthday parties. Like Joe said he was at Dana White's birthday party and Stone Temple Pilots, I think, uh, were performing. Mm-hmm. Some band like that from the yeah, 90s. Yeah, I remember that story, yeah. So if you were having a birthday party, you could have any band play, who would you hire? Oh, that's freaking tough. At first, I was about to say all-time low, but I think they would cause a ruckus and start hitting on everybody in my family. Uh, Start hitting on everyone in your family? Yeah. Have you seen their concerts? They ask for, like, bras to get thrown on stages. They make dirty jokes. Oh, yeah. All-time low? What? Oh, yeah, dude. They're all sleaze bags. Um, Dang. I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't know. And a, a, an additional consideration Damn. with it is you would probably want it to be a band that has music that would be party friendly, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean, I mean music that would fit the vibe of a party. Yeah. I'd probably say Five Seconds of Summer. Good choice. They have some good covers. Good I feel choice. Like they can cover a couple good songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're about our age. Yeah, I think it'd be five seconds of summer. And you can you can pick any band from any era. I mean, I was gonna say Queen, but that's not even realistic. That was my first answer. In a perfect world, you would choose Queen over five seconds. That may of be summer. too big. What was Savannah's thing? Five. Five sauce. Five sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's five sauce yeah. yeah I'm gonna stick with that answer I think five seconds of summer It's tough mm. Cause you don't wanna pick Your like all time favorite band Cause what if they're douches Well I can Because no one would understand Any of the lyrics Except for me Right So if But it's your party though Asian Kung Fu's out Yeah um, it's your party. You cry if you want to. <laughs> Dude, I know it's out of left field, and it's not a band I talk about a lot, but if I could choose any era for a party, I would choose Chicago. Really? That is a deep, deep, deep cut. I really like Chicago's music. Wow. It's just feel good. It's mm-hmm. that 70s mm-hmm. kind of drive in the afternoon on a Saturday type music. Mm. I went on their tour bus once. Really? Yeah. It's a weird memory from when I was a kid. I don't remember where we were, but their tour bus was like, you could walk through it. It was kind of like, man, it's really weird. I don't know. You just unlocked a memory. We were somewhere on vacation when I lived in Jersey, but we were, you know, took the camper somewhere. Mm-hmm. And their tour bus was like able to be walked through. There was like ropes in the front and you walk through it, look at their tour bus and then walk out the back and that was it. Hmm. Man. 
Chicago. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I just remembered that. I could ask my dad about that. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. I'm sure your dad will remember that. Oh, yeah. For sure. With oh, him yeah. being the rocks, rock music aficionado. Yeah, I remember where the heck we were. It was one of those random camper trips we used to take when we were kids. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Did you notice in this interview how respectful Post Malone was yeah, to dude. Joe? What is it's that? Like, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. What is that? <laughs> and it, every interview he's in, he's like that. It's not just with him. He's very, very well-spoken also and just like respectful. I think overall he's just down to earth. Surprisingly down Do to earth. Do you know earth. anything about his parents? Did you ever talk about his parents? I don't. I wonder if it's one of those things where he comes from a pretty conservative background. Mm. Because I still say, yes, sir. Mostly, I it's yes, sir, no, sir mm. at work um, to guys that are older than me. But that gets drilled into you as a kid, and you mm. just never really forget it. So I'm wondering if it's maybe... Where is he from? I don't know if he said in the interview... He doesn't really even have an accent either. If he does, it's not... It's I mean, it's not up. prominent like a New York accent or a Georgia he, accent. He's definitely not from the North. He's definitely from the South. Because any yes sir, no sir is, is Southern. Maybe like Midwestern. I almost thought... I thought he was from Texas for some reason. I could see that. I'm about to find out. Maybe like Louisiana or something. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Well, I'm going to say Louisiana. So his first name's Austin. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. That would be the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Title of the album. Which, by the way... We we were both completely wrong. What's that? He's from Syracuse, New York. New York? Yeah. Holy crap. I take everything back. Syracuse. Wow. Does not sound like that one bit. No. Which is, I guess, is a good time to tell Tim. I listened to the entire Austin by Post Malone album and very much like it. Whoa. Very much like it. I wonder if Tim has listened to it yet. He wasn't even aware there was a new album. Yeah, you talked about it last week. Or was it two weeks ago, something like that? I feel like it was last week. I think so, too. He said, you gave me something to listen to on the way home. I doubt he did, though. But no, I like it. The first four songs specifically, I think, are the highlight of the album. Uh, it's pretty good. It's really good cabin music, man. It's really good. The album cover's pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good uh, cabin playlist. I thought it was funny, though, how respectful he was mm-hmm. with Joe throughout the interview. The whole time. Yep. Yeah. He reminds me so much of Maverick, though, talking to Maverick. Mm-hmm. If you sat down and had dinner with Maverick, it would be like that. very similar to that. And did you ever see him on Impractical Jokers, Post Malone? No. He did an episode with, with the Jokers, oh, even on cool. that show. Yes, sir, no, sir, the whole time. He said he, st- he started watching when he was 15 years old. First season. Wow. He told him, he was like, I've been watching you guys since like episode one. How cool is that? Yes, sir. No, sir. And they're, you know, they're not like Post Malone dwarfs them, you know, (laughs) but he's still yes, sir. No, sir. Like it was really cool watching. 
Yeah. I mean, they had John Mayer on that season. They had Kesha. They had all these crazy people. The Minnow Post Malone episode was really funny. I'll show you the punishment after. Maybe it'd be funny to watch. It was yeah. really good. But yeah. yeah, same thing. Yes, sir. No, sir. Very, very respectful. It's cool. I mean, he's just to be at that level of fame and still be, you mm-hmm. know, genuine like that. Because yeah. a lot of the stars, man, they just, they get so detached from reality that when they talk, it's not like a human. Yeah. Um, it takes a special someone to still have that level of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it did scare me, though. Um, I mean, you, you can tell that he's done drugs for <laughs> for many years now. <laughs> did you catch the thing that he's talked about mm. where he uh, smoked that marijuana in L.A.? And it's messed up his, like, psychic, or his psychiatric, the psychological way that he views himself in moments that it's, he feels he's, like he's observing himself in moments rather than being in the moment. And yeah. he traces it back to smoking whatever that was at the time. Dang. That mental stuff like that freaks me out. Yeah. And Joe just act like, you know, Crazy. I don't smoke anything when someone just hands me like that. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. I remember him saying that. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, that's what happens when you just smoke random stuff that people hand you off the street. Yeah. Kind of messes you up a little bit. I'm like, oh, hold the phone now. This is this is yeah. freaky, man. Let's, let's, let's plant a flag. Yeah, here. let's plant a flag here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Which, you know, that I think that the drugs lead to people's fascination with aliens and uh, NASA being, you know, <laughs> doctoring up photos of Mars and yeah. Bigfoot and all of the conspiracy stuff that goes along with it. I don't know why, man, but they just, they love they talking about that to kind it. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, did you catch the part? This is just kind of a random observation I thought was interesting. Um, Post Malone brought up the difference in feeling of when you walk in an old house versus a new house, like a house that's just been built. I do remember them talking about that. How basically, is it was it Joe that was talking about how someone said like inanimate objects absorb spirits? Not spirits, you know what I mean. But like, you walk into a home and it feels like it's lived in. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay, I've never thought of that that way before, but I've walked in a brand new house and it feels empty. Empty. Yeah. No, I totally believe that. And I was thinking about walking into my grandmother's home that she's been in for 50 plus years and you walk in and it feels lived in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is up with that? It's. I think it's a true thing. So you you buy the spirit, the whole spirit absorption thing. Yeah, I always have a tough time with that, with like the the whole ghost conversation and spirit conversation. But I do completely buy into the fact that, I don't know, it's so hard to talk about. Like my grand, my grandfather died in this house. 
passed away in his house. I feel something. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, can't quite put my finger on it. I'm not scared of it, but I feel something. Mm. This house is very old. I'm sure many people have lived in it. I have a feeling, like when I walk into, like, okay, for example, Louie and Kara, Dan's cousin Louie, bought a brand new house. When I walk in that house, it feels like a brand new house. Everything is like, I almost visualize the walls. Like, everything is perfect, not touched, not messed with. They're the only people that lived here, so it's very surface level. But when I walk into my house or my parents' house or the Dreyka's house, there's something, there's levels to the home. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's hard to, it's really hard to even put into words and put your finger on it. Is the feeling you have here an uncomfortable feeling? Is it a... No. Maybe it's because it's like my family, you know? And I do have it. I have a story to tell you. We'll do it off air. But yeah, there's something not like the spirit is left behind. Not like the soul is still here. It's just weird. I don't know. It's not something you're ever going to be able to wrap your brain around. But lived in is the perfect, I think, term for it. Yeah. yeah House yeah. is lived in. There's been experiences here. There's It's lived in. Yeah. It's got to be something beyond physical. I don't know if I... I don't know if I buy the... It's the spirits, man. The spirits are here. Mm-hmm. But it is... It's got to be something like that. Yeah. We probably just don't have the vocabulary to accurately mm-hmm. describe what it is. So spirits is like the best thing we can... Yeah. You, you've never visually seen it. So it, you can't even... Yeah, it's one of those weird conversations that I don't think, un- until you actually experience a situation, you know, you're never really going to be able to put it into words or believe it. But, yeah. But, I don't know, it's a feeling. Mm. You know what I mean? Not a scary feeling, not like a haunted feeling, but it's a feeling. I'd be interested you know? if, if Tim's felt, if Tim has any thoughts on that. Hmm. We'll have to ask him about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. he's, you know, he, I think he's a lot more prone to let the rational mind guide him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's and, practical. you and I get lost in emotions sometimes. We like to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I got I to gotta tell you something after. That, is, that kind of brought up something I was thinking about today. That's interesting. Another, uh, maybe... I'll close with this. Um, you can bring up anything you might have had. They talked about uh, 2012. Yeah. The end of the world. No, I didn't get that far in it. I remember them talking about Y2K stuff, though. So they talked about Y2K. They talked about 2012. Joe is such a weirdo. He said that he bought a 2012. Uh, he bought a license plate that said, 2012 Maya mm-hmm. or something like that for the Mayan He calendar. was bought into 2012. Yeah. He <laughs> who puts a front license plate on their vehicle that someone that's got millions of dollars and just doesn't s- do anything. Smokes a little bit too much dope. Mm-hmm. Um do you did you have any fear over 2012 at all? No. 
I really liked the movie that came out. I do remember that movie. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. I remember, because we were in high school. I was in high school still. Were you graduated already? I was a senior that year. You were a senior. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. I was a senior the December of 2011 because I no, graduated yeah, in gone. May of 2012. So, so I, was I was a senior. Freshman college. I, I think I just remember not caring much. I remember that day, all the news going on about this is the last day of the Mayan calendar. Right. Then literally the next day, I was like, See, like what, what were we even worried about? I remember that feeling. Yeah. I never bought into... Because I remember... Call us like too spiritual or not, but I remember in the Bible it says, no man knows the day that the Lord comes. I think roughly that's what it says. So every time someone says, oh, this is the day, end of the world, I'm all, in the back of my head, I'm like, no, it's not. It's Come on. No one really knows. So I've always bought into that on the spiritual side of like, we don't know. No man knows. No one man's going to be able to figure it out because we're not gods. Mm. No, we're not God. So anytime all that kind of end of the world stuff comes up, I'm like, yeah, I don't buy it. Right. Yeah. It was uh, interesting because Post Malone said that 2012 basically scared him to death and that he actually went to church. <laughs> really? For several weeks leading up to it out of fear that yeah. like this is it. Yeah. Um. So, and one last thing that I thought was a great point that's just completely a side tangent. They were, uh, when they were talking about movies, he made a point about how movie soundtrack, how movie trailer soundtracks have all sounded the same since mm-hmm. Inception. And it's that, it's that effect that they use in it where it's like, Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, he's right. Yeah. They do all do that. And it's the same formula. He and said it's all yeah. boring. Then at the very, very end, there's like a little 20 second that's like kind of funny. Right. And then it and then it shows the end. And, yeah. and one of those boom <laughs> shows three people standing together with just their mouths open. Uh, in shock, you know, yeah. or in fear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Oh, that's uh, really funny. <laughs> I thought that was just an excellent observation. Because yeah. all trailers now specifically are are the same. Yeah. It's all the same exact, same length, same like up and down, up and down, and the very end's a joke. It's, it's very structured. Yeah. 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 Formulaic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, did you have anything more to say on that? I think that, that Post Malone thing? that Post Malone is uh, an introvert. Uh-huh. That um struggles with anxiety, which I'm sure the fame has something to do with that. Yeah. But just listening to the way that he um kind of recovers, which is fleeing to his. Utah house out in the middle of nowhere and playing Diablo for 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell that he's, he's not a extrovert. I want to go out and party Mm -hmm. type guy. 
that you always relate to the most. I do, at least. Yeah. So, and maybe you'll disagree with me here, and maybe I'm going deeper than I should with it. One of the things that I've always found interesting about his music is his lyrics are very, um, a lot of the times they're very like serious and almost depressing. It's like a person that's not content with their life, but he mixes it with, you know what hedonism means? Hmm. So hedonist is just like, have as much fun and pleasure as you can because at the end of it, you know, the ride ends mm. and once that happens, it's just, that's it. And uh, I've always felt like he really puts a finger on where our culture is at with our age group of just like what's important, which is like possessions, drinking, uh, hooking up with people, and in a lot of his songs, you know, making a reference of like, at the end of the day, it doesn't really buy any happiness, even though he's singing about mm-hmm. how great all of it is. So I don't know. I just find him interesting because he's caught in that kind of vortex of materialism, mm. but he's already realized that none of it really makes you happy at the end of the day. And I'm sure you heard him talk about his daughter, that they just, the birth of his daughter completely blew his perspective, mm-hmm. um, made a change. So, like the man said, he just wants to play Magic the Gathering. Did you know? buy $2 million Magic cards? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Magic Did you hear him say that he went to Vegas and, and lost $60,000? No. He said he was sitting on the edge of his bed like, what did I just do? <laughs> can you can you imagine losing 60, 60 grand? And Joe's doing that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like he doesn't make that in five seconds. <laughs> yeah. I saw a stat today. It's a little bit off topic. Michael Jordan, uh, what, however many years ago yesterday, signed his first contract with the NBA, six years, however much it is. He says he now makes that much money every eight minutes from Nike. However many millions of dollars. Eight minutes. I'm not surprised, though. I mean, think yeah. about how many pairs of Jordans are sold every day. Yep. Wow. You know, it was a foreshadowing of his mom, too. Do you ever see Air, the movie? Mm-mm. It's awesome. It was his mom. It was his mom's idea to Nike was going to put out a shoe with his name on it. He was going to sign the deal. His mom said, but he gets a percentage of every shoe that sells. To this day, he still gets a percentage of every single shoe that sells. So his rookie contracts, he now makes in eight minutes every day. Unreal. What a wow. Guy. Yeah. But yeah, he. Uh, so Post Malone talked about that. Uh, touched on it very little, which kind of sucked, but the uh, Magic the Gathering card that he bought, the one ring. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad he has it. So glad because he's an actual fan. Yeah. You know? 
He's going to keep that card and like sit on it forever. Two million dollars. The story was cool too. Mm -hmm. It's just a cashier at a Costco in Quebec or something like that, wasn't it? Toronto, somewhere in in Canada. Canada. He went to his local card shop after work, bought bought a pack, pulled it. Which was crazy because we thought they were going to wait till wave, you know, two or three or whatever. Yeah, we were pretty cynical about it. Yep, and Magic was they put it out, and it was early within. Three weeks, maybe? It was. It was found. We were like, it's never going to get found. I thought it was never going to get found. Yeah. How freaking cool. And the packs are still 10 bucks each. And man, it really could have been a thing where just now, maybe the fact that they price pointed it at 10 bucks would reduce this likelihood, but a kid goes in and his mom buys him a pack of cards and he pulls it and just Throws it away. never knows, you know? Yeah. It could happen. At least it got found. Yeah. And we know who has it. Yeah. We're going to, listen, we're going to be like 40 and he's going to be retired and it's going to be make news. Post Malone sells one ring for $50 million or something. It's going to be sick. Rudy buys it. As a, P, as a PSA 9. As what a, a troll. It's a PSA 8. It's an 8. No, it's a 9. Is it an 8? Yeah. It didn't, it did, it got like a, a I think it's a 9. Let's find out. Yeah, please find out. Because I remember being like, the dick move on PSA to not give it a 10 and to give it a 9. I'd be really curious. I hope it's not an 8. That's a that's even worse. You think they would really do that? Fresh out of the pack, you think it would get an 8? You're right. It got a 9. Thank God. PSA 9. Okay. Thank God. I wonder who who was the person that Great. I mean, event. think about the potential price difference between a nine and a ten if it had been perfect. You think it would have been different? I don't know. I don't think so. Because remember the two million dollars was on it before it got graded. Uh I I don't think it would have made a difference. And he did hint at he was going back and forth with buying it. Bidding on it with some at least one other person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, didn't he say something? Because like he, he said someone came back and were like, Posty is at 2.6. He's like, oh, all right, 2.7. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Joe did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask you. Imagine how much money you have to have to say $2 million. I want that card. Yeah, I don't think that it's We don't really do that the- for a $100 card right now. We wouldn't buy not thinking about it, you know? I mean, I feel like you and I will spend, like, we'll buy a $180 pair of shoes and just be like, not really have to think about it. Yeah. It, imagine that at his, I mean, it's got to be a drop in the bucket for him. It has to. That's a, Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's got to be, doesn't matter, I want it. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the guy's worth at least several hundred million. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's cool that not, not everything, I'm not on board with everything Post Malone, but I think it's cool that the guy is, um, seems to be a genuine, down-to-earth, um, 
just cool guy that I think would be we mm-hmm. would enjoy hanging out with. Definitely. Yeah. It's refreshing because I think that you could listen to some of his music and be like, this guy's just off the wall. No good. You know, he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean he is he is eccentric. He's got tattoos all over his face. Um but But then he's such a good dude, it seems like. I remember I remember when he was on Rogan the first time listening to it and just completely having a perspective shift on him. Yeah. Um so yeah. Oh I think it's I mean it's not something you can listen to from start to finish. I had to break it up into chunks. Literally five days. Over yeah. five days, but uh Yeah. Overall I, I enjoyed it. Speaking of cards real quick, have you seen Lorcana booster boxes? Have you kept up with them? I have not. So the first ones are up to three ninety. What were they originally? Two hundred. Okay, so they've doubled. Yeah, and they've already announced a second set. So not a like second print, a second, second set. set. Those are selling for three eighty. The second sets are? Yeah. What are the first sets selling for? Three ninety. Yeah. November is when the second wave second set comes out. And I don't guess there's any news of reprints. I don't know. I haven't kept up with how they're handling that. Because if there's not, dude, the sky's the limit on those. That's kinda what I wanted to talk about. Man. I mean it's gone up it's doubled the value since it since launch day. It was less than two months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised Rudy hasn't gotten involved with that. He hasn't even mentioned it. Very I although I'm sure he's got something. Have you seen his Lego videos? Mm-mm. He's put out two already. He has a whole freaking room warehouse of Legos already from nineteen eighties. Shelves. Dude, where does he get this stuff? Or and it's probably all mint Pristine. boxes. Yeah. Mint. Yeah. Because yeah. all you know the old Legos used to have display windows. You flip the front open and he'll have a display window with the bags in them. He has shelves and rows of these things, man. So what what do one of those go for? I don't know. It just depends. He said he had a uh a little so the old uh it was a horse with a knight on it. A little sold for two bucks in the I don't know, nineties, eighties, whatever it was. They sell for fifty dollars each, but he has two sealed cases of them that sell for like thousands you see the one sell and there's only six in a case sealed case he sold one last year for like over a little over a thousand dollars like it's insane lego lego is a whole different beast like if you watch his videos and what's cool about it is he's done two videos the first one first and second i mean he goes into basics how to invest into lego what to look for the second video most recently was all about reprints and what to look for in reprints. If they reprint, when they reprint. It's really, he's doing like a Lego 101 type videos. It's really cool. Did you learn anything? Not really. Because he, he's learning himself. He didn't get into Lego until two years ago. Mm. So all the stuff I knew, but he is like doing in-depth research mm. with those things like he's talked the most recent video was about you know how lego once they go out of print very rarely will they go back and reprint something and when they do 
people still want the original set, so it's almost immune to reprints. Yeah. Whereas, like, Yu-Gi-Oh, for instance. Like, today I listened to one of those other Pokey Radar uh, podcasts with Ruxin. Do you know him mm-hmm. on YouTube? He was on another podcast with him. He said Yu-Gi-Oh reprints cards, like, for no reason. Yeah. And it plummets the value of all of them. Right. Lego's pretty... I don't want to say immune, but for the most part, you still increase your value, increase your money. So Lego's a kind of different beast as far as investment goes. But the problem is you need a lot of uh, storage. That's the thing. He goes, the value per square footage or square inch as opposed to cards is vastly different. So he goes into all of that. Like it's, it's fascinating. He actually, I mean, they're both 30 minute videos. And he's not like being a nut like he normally is, you know? He's actually, it's like he's teaching a lesson. It's pretty cool. Really, really cool videos. But his whole background is all 80s and 90s Lego sets. Mm. It's crazy. Like, where does he get this crap? Yeah. It's annoying. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it on here before. Yu-Gi-Oh! is just a completely different beast compared to Pokemon. Mm Mm-hmm. Pokemon is a majority collectors, and Yu-Gi-Oh is still driven by mm-hmm. competition. In the even game. the even the YouTubers, most of them aren't box openers; they are deck builders. Yeah, and strategies. Yeah, and that's why they reprint cards. They reprint cards for the meta. And I know you've we've talked about this before when we were at the cabin, but all cards can be played at any time. There's no. Uh, Ban list. Yeah, and what do they call them in Pokemon when there's a new new like eras? There's Scarlet and Violet, Sword and Shield, Black and White, Yu-Gi-Oh! It's play whatever you want. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's harder to play because you need to know every single card. Because they can come out with a card next month that makes a card from 2003 the most powerful card ever. Yeah. So... That's got to be harder to even balance it as far as making cards. It is insanely complicated. And yeah. if you ever listen to interviews with the top players, they are uber intellectual, you know, mm. nerds, basically. Which I think is why the the values are never going to reach the values of Pokemon as far as investing goes. Because it's very hard to break into that. And you can't really predict when a new set comes out. Yeah, It's not a, oh, here's the alternate art Charizard card. This is going to be worth money. It comes out, people play with it for a few weeks, and then whatever gets bought on TCG mm-hmm. determines the price you know, of what spikes. And uh, they can reprint the card six months later, and the card that you had that was worth 80 bucks is now 18 they said they just reprinted a card, Ruxin said, that came out. Remember the 10,000th card that came out? It was, almost, it was kind of during the COVID era. 10,000 10, Dragon or something like that. Mm-hmm. They said they printed another card in that set that was also a Century Rare. They just announced they're going to reprint it already, two years later. So now that card's going to be not worthless, but plummet. Yeah. So Yugi is a whole other beast also. There is still the... So each card still has, the way that they do the numbering is the name of the set. They'll mm-hmm. take four letters from the set name and then do a dash and then whatever card number it is in that card list. Yeah. 
And so the subsection of Yu-Gi-Oh players that are collectors, you know, they'll still want the original card from the first set that it came out Mm. in. But there's just not enough of them to keep that price up. So it's uh, different from Pokemon in that Pokemon will never reprint cards. Yeah. Right? Unless they have a different logo on the... They're never going to straight reprint it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that particular artwork is going to be locked into that set. Yeah. Barring the, you know, base set that they've reprinted. But, um, you know, the price comparison between those reprints and the originals, the originals hold their value. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that uh, podcast, uh, I'm assuming that was the second episode because the PokéRev episode just came out it last was, week, right? Yeah. No, uh, I don't know if it was last week or not. Was it? He's put out a good amount of episodes. Oh, Pokey so that Rev. was an older episode. So the dude is interesting. He's started and stopped his podcast like five or six different times. I heard him mention that, yeah. So PokéRev, they just revamped it, and PokéRev was the first episode, but that was a couple weeks ago, I think. Okay. But, I mean, dude, it was fascinating knowing he's got a whole freaking team working with him, and he's building a HQ. I thought that was nuts. Which seems like every YouTuber is doing that now. Building their own hub. Yeah, so let's get into this. Um, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about uh, PokerF's whole HQ we got going on. Yes. So you got major thoughts about it? All right, so the guy... Yeah, there's a lot of directions I want to go with it. <laughs> so the guy uh, uses the example of Mr. Beast and the HQ warehouse that he has. So Rev's got 2 million. 2.3. Somewhere around in there. Uh, subscribers. Um, you know, what does Mr. Beast have? 120 million? Over 100. To me, buying a uh, HQ, you know, like a designated property solely for YouTubing, you got to be making some serious cash, and there's got to be a somewhat stable future for you, where you're going to continue to generate the cash to be able to justify having that. Do you do that at two million subs? I wouldn't. Then again, I don't know the numbers. And then an added layer on that is Rev's viewership is solely dependent on a single franchise. Pokemon has got him where he's at. I don't see any anything happening where Pokemon's going to just nosedive in popularity. I mean, it's kind of established itself as a again a monster. Mm-hmm unlike any other franchise, really, where it's just a perpetually green uh, intellectual property in terms of business. The hype has died down from COVID with the collecting, but it's continuing to generate money. I mean, we there are still weeks that we're at the store and there's no cars on the shelf from where people are buying them. Mr. Beast is not confined to a single 
franchise making or breaking his popularity, you know? So, you know, I heard that, and I'm like, dude, tread carefully, Yeah, you know? Yeah, I was in shock, too. But, and it, yeah, and it kind of makes me think, because, so him, he's got another friend, Cool Trainer Ryan, who's also a YouTuber, that guy who interviewed him, is friends with him. This whole circle of friends that they have are all buying at distributor level. They've been buying for years at distributor level. I mean, far before the boom. I mean, 2014, 15. So they're all kind of business-minded people at the end of the day. But they've got to have money. The dude says, the guy that interviews him, he was talking, uh, his name's uh, Pokemon Radar. He was interviewing Ruxin today. He said he spends about 15000 per set when it comes out to his distributor to keep his allocations. So they got to have some sort of serious cash flow going on. I don't know what the heck they're doing with it. I think PokeRev is in a unique position now where he has buyers that are just viewers. So he buys a distributor level, but then he's selling like crazy. He's making money off the videos. But yeah, again, like you said, it's all hinging on one franchise, albeit that franchise is batting a thousand right now, but who the heck knows, but he's always been that guy. He's always been an entrepreneur. When he said he's building an HQ, that took me most by surprise. He said he has, you know, he's got four editors right now. He's got a couple people working for him, doing his PokeRev packs and order shipments. I don't know if we see it. At, I think when he says building an HQ, I think he means a barn. A lot of YouTubers are talking about literally building a barn where they buy a property, build this massive, call it a five-car a five car garage size barn where they have a dedicated video space, a dedicated shipping space, a dedicated storage space. I think that's what he means by HQ. And HQ, as far as Mr. Beast goes, is literally warehouses of hundreds of thousands of acres of like nonstop, like YouTube making stuff. Like he has a, a HQ. I think Pokerev's just saying HQ as a blanket term. Yeah, it's kind of a buzzword. I'm hoping that's what he means by that. I mean, he said he's looking into buying land to building something on top of it. Like Brixie, the the Lego YouTuber we watch is doing the same thing. He has three hundred thousand subscribers, but he's a he's a Lego ambassador. He does it full time. I don't know how much money he makes. I mean, he makes good money. I'm sure he's also a business guy. All these all these you all these YouTubers that are starting to make it big are underlying pretty smart business people. So he went. They both of them. I think Pokerev also went to school for business. Uh. Brixie went to school for business and advertising. Like, they all have a degree at some sort. So they're not stupid people. I'm not saying they're stupid. They probably know what they're doing, you know? But HQ, is, I think, is a blanket term. Yeah. I don't think Rev's an idiot. He wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to get to where he's at if he didn't somewhat know what he was mm-hmm. what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he's doing it out of one of his guest house, his guest rooms at that point right now. It's literally in a guest room in his home. So, 
But then, it, then again, the guy that again Pokey Radar says he has like twelve storage units of collections. Like he buys out stores that go out of business, you know. So he's got revenue at some point, you know. Yeah. So it's just, I guess, it's a matter of him investing in himself, I guess, in himself, I guess, and building a dedicated recording studio and storage and warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> and again, Man. like two years ago, he had two hundred and twenty thousand subscribers. Like we, me and Tim, started watching him at two hundred thousand, and he has two point two now. I think he peaked at the perfect time, and he's still going up. He's the Pokemon, like as far as views go, he's number one in Pokemon YouTubers. Yeah, he's the guy. But I don't know. I get. I don't know how much YouTubers make at that level. So I don't know. It can't be insane. He doesn't do any sponsorships. He works for himself. The way he made it sound was that his big hitter is the Rev Packs, Pokey Rev Packs. Mm. I will say when he pulled out the 50,000 pack number per month, um, it kind of sounded like he pulled it out of his ass. It very well could be that number, but... um, I mean, dude, that's that is crazy. Yeah, that's crazy volume. I mean, I mean what what does he sell those packs for? I bought them before forty or fifty bucks. You get six packs in them, something like that. I don't know if he still charges the same or not. I think it was about fifty bucks. I bought. I had two of them for Christmas. Remember, I, I opened two of them at Christmas. Yes. Okay. So that's eight thousand three hundred thirty-three bundles, and you said he sells them for how much? I would say fifty bucks. I mean, that's almost half a million dollars a month if he's moving five hundred thousand or fifty thousand packs. And he does them once a month. So if you took that times a year, it's $4.9 million. Hmm. I don't think he's making $5 million a year. No. There's no way. Because that's not factoring in costs. It'd be like the cost of buying the packs... He's got to have a team. He's not packing 8,000 packs a month. I mean, the way they go, those guys talk, I've listened to a bunch of... It's funny, he comes up in every single one. He's like the... He's like the baseline. Every time they talk about him, they, they're like... They say stuff like, I've seen his production. It's insane. So he's got to have like a assembly line of freaking people. Mm. You know? I don't think it's just him and his wife packing cards in the evening, you know? Yeah. I think that he's still not a great communicator because he almost gave off the first part of the interview where I was almost getting vibes of like, this dude's full of shit. Hmm. But hearing the guy interviewing him of kind of like vouching for him and then what you're just saying right there of people like testifying to what kind of production, I think he just is not, he's not gotten super comfortable with interview stuff and when he got asked pointed questions he would never really give mm-hmm. like specific answers on it 
But I mean, if you if you take that at five million dollars, let's say he's making ten percent at the end of the day, that's still half a million dollars a year. Yeah. Um. And all of the like chase packs are coming out of his you know collections and buyouts and stuff. He's really paying for. Again, he's paid for it obviously with the collections, but all of the. You know, five out of the six packs are at distributor level current sets. Mm. So he's getting them probably two bucks a pack, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. You know, if they charge under $100 a booster, which I think they still do. Uh, I don't know. All that, it's a lot. So it's still cool that he's doing what he's doing and turn it into a full time gig. Yeah. And very quickly became like the guy, like dwarfs Leanheart now. Leanheart's like a joke now compared to him. Yeah, which I think is uh, is deserved. I think Rev's the better YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got to the end of that interview, I don't think that Rev is a uh, conceited person at all. I don't think that he views himself as being this... Mm-hmm. Like I think Leon Hart really likes, really likes himself. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that tell. kind of vibe from uh, Rev. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I do think the guy's a hustler. Like he's he stayed pretty consistent. It seems like he's constantly churning out content, mm-hmm. but he's got to be making serious cash to be able to do these completion openings. Oh yeah, on a single stream. Yeah, because I mean. How he's many thousands of packs is he opening? He's opened a hundred booster boxes at least. Yeah, he'll do it for nine straight hours. Like it's it's sick. Yeah, and still sometimes doesn't complete them. You've got to be making enough money to break even, and then actually make money on top of that. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like you said, I don't really know how the YouTube payout works, mm-hmm. and how much of his his money coming in is from YouTube itself. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was, it was still an interesting video or or podcast. I definitely had, uh, I think a bit more respect for him at the end of it. Mm. Um, I mean, the way that you approach podcasts or the way that you enjoy podcasts, do you feel like going into it, you want to learn something new? Or are you just more so wanting to hear a conversation between two people, not necessarily concerned about learning anything? Not that I want to hear something new. I want to hear, I want to see how the person being interviewed actually is in long form. So, like, you really got to see Rev without the, not that he has a character. I mean, he does, but not as severe as, like, Leonhart or Lissa Leaf, those other guys. You want to see him just talking yeah you know and it's hard to hide that for an hour and a half to two hours you know it really is and he was consistent the whole time very level-headed very like like you said not arrogant very aware that this is like a freak thing this is not normal and that he's very lucky uh so i go into it with that kind of mindset to kind of see like because i'm a big fan of him i want to see like same with post malone i'm a bit now I'm a, I mean I've been a fan of him for a little bit, but not his music. Now I'm getting into his music a little bit, but you want to see how he is as a person. It kind of helps you enjoy his 
art form a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is an actual person and not the manifestation of a marketing team as a person, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wish he had gone deeper in the weeds of kind of the back-end distribution side of that, you know, like Rudy will do. Mm-hmm. Just kind of... Because Rudy is only somewhat involved in Pokemon. He's not a full-time Pokemon distributor, and I would have liked to have heard more about the logistical side of that. Mm. Um, but, no, it, it it was good, and I thought that the way that they ended it with, you know, what it's like being a father and, and basically saying he'd give it all up for his kids, mm. you know, thought all that was, was moving. I don't think he's he's got any problems with pride. Um and I do think the guy's a hustler. So, um, yeah, it's a good interview. Mm-hmm. Made me like him a little more. Always liked him, but like him a little more. I still don't like his uh, thumbnails, but yeah. Yeah, he's got to work on that. Which is probably what got him to where he is. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I guess people look at that and like, oh, I need to watch this. Look how hype this dude is, but makes me just want to punch somebody. He... You would probably like, he did another interview with another friend of PokeRevs. His name is uh, Cool Trainer Ryan. He he lives in Jersey also. He's very good friends with, his name's Nick PokeRev. Mm-hmm. First name's Nick. He One of his comments he made in the interview was, he. so Cool Trainer Ryan was being interviewed by Pokey Radar, And it came up, I guess, when he revamped his channel, Pokey Radar. And Cool Trainer Ryan was like, why'd you name it Pokey Radar? He goes, everybody's Pokey. Pokey Plush. Pokey Radar. Pokey Rev. Pokey. He goes, it's stupid. Why is everybody Pokey? So this kid Ryan is very, he's like an adult version of Pokey Rev. Like he curses in the videos. He drinks whiskey. He throws the cards when he doesn't like what he gets pulled. He's really interesting. And he has a really funny interview. And he's exactly like uh, Pokey Rev. He buys at distributor level. He's a big investor. He's got, he's been buying for ten plus years at distributor level. So he's got cases of black and white booster boxes, like you know, in his basement and stuff. Mm. And he just built. He just bought a house in Jersey, so he can have like his own kind of thing. He's caught. So he's like, he's a really interesting interview. Also, he's kind of a he's a douche though. He's very like classic Jersey cocky kind of kid yeah but flip side of the coin like calls everybody out curses he's funny he's funny so he, i'll send you him if you ever want to listen to it he's kind of like the flip side of it okay he's funny yeah but he calls out everybody you know he's like it's pokey everybody's pokey 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 it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anything else from that interview I don't think so. No. I just thought it was a good interview. Yeah. Yeah. Good length for, uh, I think, for what they were talking about. Yeah. I don't think it needed to be much longer than what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been going through a couple more of his episodes over the past week, going through all of them, because a lot of the YouTubers that I've been watching that I found through COVID and stuff, he uh, interviews. So it was cool seeing them like actually talk about how they got started, their collection, what they got going, stuff. Yeah. Cool. So do you see um 
and the reason I ask this is because Rev gave the story about, I think it's his daughter's dance class or karate class or something that his wife and his daughter were there waiting for the practice to start. And there was another girl mm. her age with mom and she was watching Rev's newest episode. And they talked too about, you know, kids, I think uh, Pokey Radar's nephew, maybe kind of getting old enough to where he can start watching YouTube. And even thinking about, you know, my youngest brother being a teenager, the bulk of what he watches is social media um, influencers or whatever you want to call them. I mean, do you see that continuing to be kind of where popular people arise from? And the reason I'm skeptical about it is because you look at Twitch, I feel like Twitch is just kind of solidified into where, like, there's the people at the top, and there's not really been any new people be able to get up to the top. There Mm -hmm. was, like, the initial first movers. They were able to catapult. And now it's just impossible to bridge that gap between, you know, starting off and being an XQC or a Mm -hmm. Dr. Disrespect or whatever. You know, will YouTube get that way? Like with Pokemon specifically? Just in general. I don't know. You like, I don't know. You like to think it's already happened because of the whole boom couple years past couple years everybody kind of turned to youtube for entertainment yeah unless that kind of thing happens again i don't know it's kind of like i think the cream that would have risen to the top has already risen to the top yeah i think now because now everybody has gone to it since then so it's so oversaturated yeah the people that are at the top are gonna stay at the top like i just don't see aspirations of being a streamer say as anything viable now like it's it's had its peak and it's and it's so easy there's literally no cost almost for people to join like jump in that space and you know the bulk of people are lazy so like they're not going to put in the work that the folks that have got to the top are going to do but just the fact that there's so much volume at the bottom it's so hard to actually break through, yeah. you know? Um, I don't know. It's just, it's been wild the last 10 or 15 years of, you think about the Paul brothers. I mean, they're both douchebags, but, you know, they've kind of navigated the changing mediums with yeah, uh, how people consume entertainment and have been able to just catapult themselves. Um, I don't know. I won't go too deep down that rabbit hole, but anyways, yeah. it's, it was all around. It was a good uh, podcast with, uh, with the Rev. Yeah. I like hearing him talk. <laughs> I just like hearing about the whole, whole, that whole side of the industry to like turning it into a career kind of thing. Mm. It's always cool to hear. I could never do it, but prefer it more as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. which was cool to hear him say that 
or at least indicate that he still enjoys it because it would be if you were eat sleeping and breathing that stuff I feel like it would lose its you're no longer just chasing the childhood nostalgia mm. you're banking on buying groceries with this stuff yeah yeah and I don't buy it when he said the second it stops being fun I'll just stop doing it find something else there's no way it's like yeah no dude your balls deep you gotta yeah. keep going yeah what are you gonna do switch back to beard grooming and he's got two he's got two kids now. three kids or three kids yeah, yeah. It's like, it's not just you. Mm-hmm. Give the people what they want. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cool to hear sometimes. Hear interviews like that. Especially because you're, you're not going to hear an interviewer of a YouTuber. You know? Yeah. So it's cool to see that he's doing this again. I liked it. Yep. Yeah. All right, well. What do you think? I know we're hitting four hours almost. Yeah, this might be the oh. longest uh, we've ever recorded. Have we ever hit four hours with Tim? Bless you, bless you. I don't think so. I don't think so either. You, I think usually once we hit three, we find like a natural, a natural like good die down. down point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean like this will get him his whole way home. <laughs> bless you. Sheesh. Huh. <laughs> So we took some notes. Do you want to talk about the Fall Vibe album? Eh, not really. I just, I put that in just today right before you got here. I was listening to Mayday Parade's self-titled album because weather has, weather's been getting pretty good lately. It felt like fall today and I played Mayday Parade self-titled. <sighs> You're not going to like my Fall Vibe album. <sighs> Khalid? Free spirit, baby. Eh, I'm fine with it. It's growing on me. I'll have to listen to it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it. When am I going to the cabin? I like it. It's fine. <clears throat> 33 days. <sighs> Countdown continues, fellas. I know everybody's been been ready for it. What? 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 Yeah. Eh, well, I mean, we can touch on everything else next week that we want to talk about. Yeah. Nothing major. What you doing this weekend? Uh, tomorrow, I am going to the city to drop off Gia, and then we have a baby shower for our good friend B-Nav. Uh, going to go to his parents' house, luckily in McDonough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, go to that. So that, that'll be pretty exciting. It'll be good to see him. Cool. He's good people. And then Sunday... Church and then wedding rehearsal for my cousin. I am officiating my cousin's wedding, so I need to go down and run through whatever I got to do. You're a busy man. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, I got to tell you, I've looked forward to this all week. I've enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You doing football tomorrow and Sunday? Oh, yeah. I'll try to not leave the house tomorrow. Good. I got to lock myself in. And recoup. Mm. I'll watch football, and then we'll have uh, have the service on Sunday. So target trip. Whew. Think about it. Not well. I'm not going to be playing. Tomorrow's the last day I'm booked. Two weeks. More than that. Three weeks. Why are I'm, you not playing? I'm next not weekend? booked again. Hmm. Why are you not playing next weekend? The wedding. Oh. Uh, 
tomorrow is the uh, this week is the last day I'm booked through October. Yeah, because you're off two weeks in October. What are you doing the week before the cabin? Nothing. I don't think he's has he booked he's not that done in October. Yet. Okay, so I'll um, probably do that one. Okay. So it's going to be at least three weeks off for me. It's going to be weird. Boo. I know. It's going to be weird. So we so now so me and Tim have done an episode without you. Me and you have done one without Tim. Yep. We can't do one without you. Why not? Because we come to your house, use your equipment. You can still come. No, we're not going to do that. I think you should. Do you want us to? I don't know. Let's see how the vibe goes. Okay. Uh, So I'm leaving. Probably leave Saturday. I'll be able to record the day before we leave. Okay. I... I get off the boat on Saturday, the following Saturday. So if you guys want to record on the Friday or if you wanted to do it Saturday night when I got back. You're going to want to do a podcast after being gone for a week? I'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. Probably want to recoup, though. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it over the next. Yeah, I'm going to give you a few days. Make sure you you're not bringing back some kind of I th- funk. I thought about it today. <laughs> okay. People are coming back from these cruise ships sick. <laughs> right. Right. Well, we'll talk about it. We may be able to record the day before I leave, and then we'll just take one week off. Yeah. But if you want to do it, I don't think so. I think Tim and I, if we hang out, we'll go to Miller's or something. Boo. Yeah. While you're cruising the Caribbean. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, boo. I'm going to miss now, out. Go, go ahead and get this vacation, whatever thing out of the way so that we can get ready for the real. The real vacation. The real event. Yeah. Yeah. When we, yeah, all right. It'll be busy times next couple of weeks. But okay. Uh, I guess we'll be back next week with Tim. Back Shh. to our normal schedule. I'll be here. I'll be here. Cool. All right, Jess. <laughs> this has been fun, man. We've still got uh, seven minutes yeah, to go before we hit four hours, <laughs> and we're going to do it. Let's go ahead and push for another seven minutes. It's a matter minutes. of principle, damn it. Here we go. This is going to be a whole... Listen, we got a boost of energy I'm catching now. a second wind here. Over we here we go. <laughs> All right. So we got... The voice of Mario has retired. What's his name? The American voice of Mario. The American voice of Mario has officially retired. Does, does he also do the, the Japanese voice of Mario, though? Is there a different voice of Mario? I feel like Mario's he, just got the same... He's just got the same sound. He doesn't even speak English. Woohoo! Yeah. It, <laughs> it's to me. <laughs> there it is. Mario. Maybe, what? Mario. No. <laughs> Maybe he does do English. He says Mario. Mario. Why do Canadians say Mario? I don't think it's just Canadians. Mario, Mario. Like Super Mario Brothers. I hear Canadians only say I'm Super gonna, Mario I'm going to be honest. I think the North says that also. What is wrong with them? I don't know. I've always said Mario. I mean, listen to the way he says it. Mario. Woohoo. There you go. <laughs> Pat can really nail Mario's voice. Dude, he nails everything. It's sick. Does he? You think he speaks different languages? I'm looking up uh, the voice actor's name. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. There are rumors. Charles Martinet. Right. So he's officially done. 
He voiced both Mario and Luigi in the Super Mario video games from 1994 to 2022. That's sick. So that means that the... Mario, what's the new game? Uh, Wonder. Mario Wonder will have a different Mario voice actor. Unless they already did it. I'm sure he already recorded it and then retired. He just announced retirement like a Here month ago. Here we go. Ago. Nintendo reveals when fans will discover Mario's new voice actor. Mario's new voice actor will not be revealed until the launch of Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So I bet it's going to be... You really think there's a different voice actor for it? Because he only announced it like a month ago. It says the new voice actor for Mario won't be revealed until players see the end credits of Super Mario Brothers Wonder. You think it's going to be Chris Pratt? <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> you don't think so? Hell, Nintendo's got the budget for it. Yeah. Yeah, it says uh, the next mainline Mario game will introduce players to Charles Martinet's successor. Wow. So, I, man, you really, that kind of stinks. Is it that big of a deal for you? Not that big of a deal, but at least I wish he would have done this as his last hurrah. But I guess, I mean, Mario Odyssey was his last hurrah. That's a pretty, pretty peak level. Yeah. Hmm. I would have thought that uh, if you had asked me if it was the same guy that's done it all these years, I would have said no. Yeah. I mean, it's just not a voice that you, at least for me, it's not a voice that I've paid much attention to where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's Mario's voice. Yeah, it's true. Another news, the Atari 2600 is being remade. And it's launching worldwide November 17th. It is now available for pre-order. For how much? Uh, That is not in this article. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never had an Atari. I have my father's original Atari. I never owned one. MSRP 130. Okay, that's not bad. That's actually maybe worth checking out. 2600 came out in when? The 90s? I think earlier than that, 80s. I think that thing is old. For those looking to relive the gameplay experiences of the 70s and 80s. Uh, so, yeah. Replicated originally for Switch, for Switch Atari 2600. Oh, gosh. It came out in September 1977. Yeah. It's basically just being remade with an HDMI cord. Yeah, I'm not paying 130 bucks for a 1970s video game. You don't want to play Centipede? Have you seen those games? Yes. Yes. I have, yeah. Like, yeah, it's I'm a cool piece you. of history, but... I just I, thought it was cool. No, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Let's blow through some more topics. <laughs> the original Nike store is shut down indefinitely. Where is the original Nike store? Oregon. Portland? Mm-hmm. Wow. For theft. Why on earth would it have opened in Oregon? I don't know. That's where it was created, Nike. Well, the theft thing doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Doesn't that suck? Yeah, like it does so many suck, but it's, it. that's... Nature of the beast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
you hear that? I did. thought that was you. Some of that damn squirrel was. <laughs> I don't think so. It was more of like a like a grunt out there. I don't know. Phew. Yeah, I don't know. 33 days till our uh, favorite trip. So Porygon was on your heart this morning. Porygon, listen, man. I was watching some YouTube videos. I, I had poured some coffee. I was playing RuneScape. I was like, let me look at my old collection. Scrolling through. Is he? He's in base set, right? He's a uncommon. Yep. I just thought about it. I was like, I don't. I haven't seen him in Shining Pearl. I didn't see him in Scarlet and Violet. Poor guy. Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of love. No, but I remember you saying a couple of years ago, you've always loved him. Yeah. You have a plushie of him. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Because <laughs> I usually like the... Uncommon ones? The uncommons. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I just figured I'd... I thought you were going to... I was trying to catch you if you were awake this early. I texted you at like 5.45 or 6 o'clock. Yeah, I wasn't up. Yeah, I figured. I was like, maybe I can catch him awake right now. But I didn't. It was really more to like just test the waters. Yeah. It's funny how there are Pokemon like that that it just seems like they get the short end of the stick constantly. In reality, it's like he doesn't do much. He was a metal blob that yeah. just didn't have an evolution, right? He was just there. Yeah. He got Porygon 2 and Johto and then Porygon 3 and... uh Diamond and Pearl, I think. Mm. So. I do have some news before we wrap this up. I cracked the seal on Brilliant Diamond. Didn't put it in the switch yet. But cellophane wrap has been removed, removed. and discarded. Ooh. Oh, I was going to ask you this. Should I get the Diamond and Pearl DS strategy guide? It's 18 bucks on eBay. Yeah, why not? I was looking at the new ones, Scarlet and Violet and all that stuff, and you're right, it's just word for word kind of stuff. Yeah. Not strategy guides anymore. And it's made by Prima, the old one, the DS one. Yes. And I'm assuming it's the same thing, right? Because it's just a remake on Switch. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a faithful remake. Mm-hmm. I don't think they changed anything. So I was thinking about it, experiencing it for the first time with a strategy guide. Do it, man. That'd be Sign fun. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Sold. That's what I'm here for. We'll see you next week. Yeah. (laughs) 